My name is Matt Brown. And let's start the show. And if our next gig is doing a show in a 7-Eleven parking lot, we will find a way to make it fun. We really will. I have, I have no problems. And I don't want to do it in a 7-Eleven parking lot. <laughs> but whatever. Uh, finally, uh, I have something to say uh, to our fans. This massive outpouring of support and passion from so many people has been overwhelming for me. The rallies, the signs, all this goofy, outrageous creativity on the internet. Uh, the fact that people have traveled long distances and camped out all night in the pouring rain. It's pouring. It's been pouring for days. And they're camping out to be in our audience. Really, you... Here's what all of you have done. You made a sad situation joyous and inspirational. So to all the people watching, I can never, ever thank you enough for the kindness to me. I'll think about it for the rest of my life. And all I ask is one thing, and this is, I'm asking this particularly of young people that watch. Please do not be cynical. I hate cynicism. For the record, it's my least favorite quality. It doesn't lead anywhere. Nobody in life gets exactly what they thought they were going to get. But if you work really hard and you're kind, amazing things will happen. I'm telling you, amazing things will happen. because you are here to join us. My name is Matt Brown, and I am the host of the Productive Conversations podcast. How are we doing, everybody? I hope you're as fantastic and dandy as I am on this Thursday, July 24th, 2021 and before we talk about the intro that took place before we have our epic productive conversation i just want to remind you to like and subscribe to the productive conversations podcast on all podcasts and platforms and youtube and don't forget to check out all exclusive content regarding this show on productiveconversationspodcast.com our exclusive website where you can see the links to all our podcasts every single podcast that is on the internet 
on all podcasting platforms and YouTube. And you could also see the videos to every single one of our shows. You can also check out our merchandise store. Thanks to our friends at Zazzle. You could check out our contact information if you want to contact me. You could check out the blogs I've written. You could look at my resume. Everything regarding this show is on ProductiveConversationsPodcast.com. And don't forget to tune in and check it out. And also check us out in the world of social media. We're on Instagram at Productive Conversations Podcast. We're on Twitter at Prod Convo Pod. We're on TikTok at Productive Conversations. So today is a very special day in the world of television. That is because, in my opinion, one of the greatest late night TV hosts, one of the greatest TV personalities, and one of the best writers and minds and person to ever be put in front of a camera and on screen to millions and millions, whether on television sets, whether in streaming, whether on the internet. But seriously, one of the best people to ever walk this earth in the world of television, Conan O'Brien, is having his final episode of late night television tonight on tbs at 10 p.m eastern standard time that's right conan o'brien after 28 years of being a late night host he is on to greener pastures he's going to hbo max to do a variety show and he does his podcast which is conan o'brien needs a friend one of the my favorite podcasts in this whole world one of the reasons why this show is possible because of that podcast but all in all conan o'brien is leaving late night tonight and it is definitely bittersweet i'm happy to see he's going on to greener pastures especially with this world of streaming growing and growing it its influence and he is joining the likes of bill maher and john oliver and i mean he's having a show on hbo max i mean can you get any better than that But, you know, I'm sad to see that Conan is leaving late night television. And as you see in the cold open, especially that uh, Conan O'Brien, he's uh, probably my biggest influence or I should say one of my top three influences next to my parents and my grandparents are my ultimate influence in this world. And he's my favorite professional one next to Larry David, The Rock. And Barack Obama, my Mount Rushmore there, Conan O'Brien, he is, uh, he really inspired me to be confident in my own skin. He inspired me how awesome it is to have intelligence and comedic chops to you. He is a major influence to me because he made probably one of the greatest comeback stories ever in television. I mean, after he got screwed out of The Tonight Show in 2010. He comes back in what, I think October, November 2010 with a basic cable show on TBS, and it lasted 11 years, and it was quality television with videos that were trending, with seeing him grow more in his craft, whether it's his travel show or his podcast, and continue to have amazing guests to inspire us and learn from and always have a laugh. It well, is it just a true pleasure seeing what Conan has evolved to? And Conan O'Brien and his content has been one of the ultimate distractions for me, especially in, uh, you know, in very difficult times in life where I really lost hope and confidence in something, whether it's, you know, someone important to me 
leaving this earth or going through a very bad breakup or getting a heartbreaking job opportunity taken away or being rejected for dream jobs. There's only been two shows in my life that can actually cheer me up in the worst of times and will continue for it. One is Curb Your Enthusiasm and two is any Conan O'Brien content that I can watch, whether through the late night show, the tonight show, and then his basic cable show. Conan has always been on. If you see in my studio, we have many references to Conan on the wall. And in my major influences next to me, I look at him podcasting and always know like that can be me someday. I've written a blog about him after one of the toughest moments of my life when I interviewed for the Tonight Show's internship program and got so close and I didn't get it. And that was one of the few times I lost all hope in anything. First thing I put on was Conan O'Brien on my iPad. And that really started a healing process and things started to get better. And it led to even more opportunities of having that confidence. So tonight is special. And, you know, at 10 o'clock, hopefully with my pops, we'll be watching uh, Conan's last show with Jack Black. And, uh, yeah, I hope one day I meet Conan O'Brien. I really do. Even if it's brief. I hope to meet him just to say I did, and hopefully it's a pleasant experience. Because like I said, I generally don't think I would have the confidence in my life, personally and professionally, if I didn't see the cool stuff Conan provides with his confidence. And in the cold open, when I think of horrible things that happen in my life, even if they're probably nothing compared to what other people deal with, but when I'm ever down, I always remember what Conan said on his final Tonight Show. You may not always get what you want in life, but if you're kind and you work hard, good things will happen. I saw that with Conan. I've seen that in other ways. And even in my position in life right now where I make my podcast and that gives me light. It really does. As I'm trying to get my career back on track after this horrible pandemic, you know, trying to move out of here in my parents' house. As as much as I love it, you know, I am 26 years old and I'm seeing so many people get married and rise in their careers. And I know I'm confident enough to join the ranks and even strive high, higher. And, I, and God knows every single day that I'm trying my best to be who I'm supposed to be and be a big man in this world and be successful. And I will get there one day because of amazing support from the greatest fans in the world of this show, my best friends who are real to me in this world, and obviously my family, and then the few professional influences like a Conan, O'Brien, to make remind you that you can make it and you can overcome things no matter how shitty life gives you, no matter how things go in life that you are not ready for but can still strive through. It's people like Conan who remind me to get up in the morning and there are great things on the horizon as long as you work hard and are kind to people. And God knows I will try my best every single damn day to make sure that's possible. So thank you, Conan O'Brien, for being an ultimate influence to me and so many other people to go for their dreams and make it. 
We're going to miss you, Conan, on Late Night. But thank God you're not going anywhere anytime soon. We still have your podcast, Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. Another thing I listen to, whether through bad times and good times or just to get through stuff, we're going to see you on HBO Max, and we're really excited to see what you do there. Going to miss people like Andy Richter, ultimate sidekick. I hope he's involved in your HBO show. I hope, you know, the great people you have, whether it's Sonia, your assistant who's evolved to this awesome personality herself, or the podcast producer Matt, or all the great writers you've had and the great music uh, you provide. We thank you, Conan, for making us smile through all experiences in life just thank you so much conan o'brien and your late night career for making us smile especially when he when we needed it most so again check out conan o'brien's final late night show tonight 10 p.m on tbs it's uh gonna be really special so yeah that's all i have to say about conan my man conan o'brien and I could not have a more perfect guess after that. I have one of my best friends in this world. I have someone I've known since I was five years old. Ryan Page for the third time on the Productive Conversations podcast. He is coming back to talk to me about life. We're bringing back the Tweet Cap, everybody. As you know, me and Ryan co-hosted the Tweet Cap podcast at one point. Obviously, life gets in the way and things change. So that was put on a hiatus. I left the show to focus on this. Ryan continued the tweet cap with some great content. And then he had to take a hiatus himself from the crazy life he's living. But you know what? The power of having one of your best friends in life that you could talk things and communicate. We decided to bring the tweet cap back. Killing Two Birds with One Stone, where the tweet cap is going to be a recurring segment on this show about once every two to three weeks, where Ryan will come on to talk about the news and life and whatever with me, and then I'm going to hand him the audio, and he's going to be posting the tweet cap with me every two weeks so we are going to be simulcasting that show, and it's coming back. I'm not sure when that comes back officially. I assume this weekend or such, but um, when we come back on Monday, I'll tell you where the tweet cap is going, the podcast version that Ryan's running, but for now, it's uh, going to be a recurring segment on this show, and we're really excited for it. Plus, Ryan had one of the most significant moments of his life, I guess now a few weeks ago, when he asked his wonderful fiance Melissa Wilkerson, in her hand in marriage. And I was so happy to see that she said yes. One of my favorite texts I'll ever get. I'm sitting outside, you know, I'm uh, relaxing, enjoying myself. Then Ryan sends me a text with Melissa wearing a beautiful engagement ring, simply saying, I did a thing today. <laughs> yes, you did, Ryan. And uh, we're so happy to see it. So, Ryan, he is off the market for good. But, you know, I will say one thing. In a time where I see so many people get engaged, and I feel like summer 2021 is specifically the summer of engagements for a lot of people. Even if I see a lot, if not most of these engagements, where, um, again, I hope I'm wrong. and I hope you all go the distance. I'm just surprised. And you know what? They know better than me, but um, in a world where so many people are getting engaged 
this summer. I know one thing that's for damn sure is that Ryan Page and Melissa Wilkerson's relationship is just awe-inspiring, and it is what love is in this world, especially with our crazy generation. They're making it, and I'm so proud of them, and I'm, or Evan officially got it an invite. No, uh, you know, I don't think they send it to anyone. I plan to be right on your side, Ryan, as you uh, make the biggest accomplishment of your life, getting married to the love of your life. So we're excited for that. That's coming at some point next year. But for now, Ryan's going to talk to me about the story about him getting engaged, what that means to him, and, uh, you know, what he's feeling when, you know, you ask your girl in marriage or, you know, of course, when you ask your partner in marriage, I should say. And uh, it's going to be sweet. Very, very sweet. And obviously we have that, bringing back the tweet cap. We're going to talk a lot of other things. So lots to do on this podcasting day. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. So with that, Ryan Page, it's your turn once again. Let's get to it. us for the third time by himself i guess yes. this is technically his fifth or sixth appearance in in all but we have ryan page back on the show and we have cool things to announce with that as well so ryan welcome back to the productive conversations podcast thank you for having me matt is Any anyone else been on six times <laughs> I think you're track, the lead. So. I think you're the lead next right. to uh, the bars. The God who I think's at four or five. Okay, part so of the word. I have, have to keep track. Once he gets close, I'm gonna have <laughs> to start coming on more. But we'll we'll get into that. Exactly. So before we get into all the fun and all that stuff, let's explain what's going on here. That will incorporate the end of the show. So Ryan and I bringing back the tweet cap. On a yep. bi-weekly slash three weeks basis, we're just depending on scheduling. But yeah, mm-hmm. Ryan's coming back to do the tweet cap on this show, which airs usually, as you know, Mondays and Thursdays. Obviously, it airs on Thursday today. And then it will go on Sunday on the tweet cap as a simulcast. So really excited yeah. for that. And as in the tweet cap portion of this and... Ryan, how do you feel about that? I'm excited to have you back and we get to bring this back and have a great comeback story with it. How are you feeling about it? Yeah, I'm excited. I mean, I I wish I could say that in the time, I guess it's only been a few months, but in the few months that I haven't been recording myself, I haven't been obsessively looking at all of the stories that I would be looking at, but I have been, maybe Mm -hmm. even more so. Uh, only now I wasn't allowed to talk about them because <laughs> I didn't have a show. So I'm definitely excited to be back. I was I was going to say exactly what you said. It's just almost like a review show of this segment. So definitely, definitely, please listen to Productive Conversations podcasts Mondays and Thursdays. Uh, that's the main show. That's where this this is part of that show. But if you want to show your friends. Uh, all of the pop culture uh, stories of the week. Then on Sundays, there will be a review show of the Tweet Cap segment. And that's exactly where it used to be on Spotify, on Stitcher, pretty much everywhere you get your podcasts. So, Excellent. So we're excited for that. And we'll do our Tweet Cap 
uh, portion later on in the show, but yeah. you want to get that out of the way. So let's get into just some other stuff. Ryan, I'm sure you want you anticipated this question was coming and it is part of a promo, but since you have at least been on the air, you have gotten engaged to your longtime girlfriend, Melissa Wilkerson, now fiance. So congratulations to the both of you. That's extremely exciting. And as I said in the cold open, one of the coolest texts I'll ever see is you said in me, I did a thing today. Now she has an <laughs> engagement ring. So, I have to say, Ryan, I would love to talk about this. Sure. I'd love to hear about how this all came together. What, um, besides what you already told me, but if you could tell the great audience of the Productive sure. Conversations podcast. So why don't we start? Okay. You've obviously knew for a long time that this was the love of your life. Yeah. You guys yeah, met. A, yeah, definitely not a spur of the moment decision. <laughs> I'll say in a uh, summer where a lot of people seem to be getting engaged, I think that's the case for some. But, you know, that's my opinion. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> but for you two, you guys have known each other for eight years. I, less, I mean, that. Yeah, we've known each other for eight years, but we didn't date the entire time. We knew each other before then. So, mm-hmm. How long have you been dating up until this point? Six. See, exactly. Yeah. So I think that's fair to say that you uh, know that this is uh, this your special person. And as she feels the same for you. Well, so, she said yes. So <laughs> she's, she's at least taking a chance. <laughs> exactly. Right. So, yeah. Can you talk to me when you were thinking about popping the question? And, you know, what made you decide that whenever this day, I guess it was May. So last month, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, talk to us tell us the story um when you decided to you know make one of the biggest uh choices and moments of your life talk to me about um when you got the ring like how long did you have it until you decided to pop the question and (laughs) uh, three days oh okay okay yeah was this a is this from every kiss begins with k pandora no super jewelers i got it from a, a jewelry store in Norwalk. Oh, uh, which is part of part <laughs> of the whole thing, like because I mean, yeah, I only had it with me for three days, but it, it was a long process to get the thing because I don't live in I don't live in Norwalk anymore, so yeah, I had to drive back and forth, uh, I think three times uh, in all to pick out the diamond, to pick out the design of the ring, then to pick it up and to pay for it, you know, get everything done. So that was hard because Melissa mm-hmm. obviously couldn't be there for any of that. <laughs> Um, she also couldn't know why we were going to Connecticut for yeah. any of that. So we had like a whole stretch where uh, I was in Connecticut like every weekend for at least a day uh, for like a month. And I think Melissa came only came once. Uh, every other time I managed to find a reason to go while Melissa was busy mm-hmm. or otherwise doing something, which was nice. But uh, one time she had to come with me. So we had to lie about that and. That was hor- that was horrible because the lie wasn't very good, and um, I I recruited my family to help, and they didn't do very well either. <laughs> uh, so that that I'm surprised that didn't really give it away all that much. I mean, she kind of knew it was going to be soon ish, right. so that you know, there's that. Um, I don't know if it was a complete surprise. The day was because it was a Monday. We were just in the park, and I was like, yeah. Today is good. Um, <laughs> so, because, I, mean, I mean, we're still, obviously, this like, a month ago, but we're still kind of in a weird COVID world. I'm not going to get on a plane, and oh, I also don't have the money for it, but I'm yeah. not going to get on a plane and go to Italy. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, so, 
Um, or go you're to like, still only that game and put put. Hey, will you marry me in the sixth inning? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I guess I, I thought about some other stuff, but mm-hmm. it just kind of like it was getting away from me. I think you know, in your head, you're like, I have to make it big. I have to make it big, and it gets away from you. You know, suddenly I'm like, oh, I can't do this date. Oh, this got canceled. Oh, now I can't do this because something else is coming up. You know what I mean? When you try and like have this big extravaganza, but again, you can't tell anyone. Uh, it's very hard. So I was like, you know what? Just when it when the opportunity presents itself. Uh, I mean, in terms of when I knew I was going to do this, I mean, it's. Pro- I mean, for me, it's been a long time. But I think I told other people officially like a year ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's been about a year of like kind of kind of sort of planning. And I would say like five months of actually preparing and, you know, getting everything that I needed and all that yeah. good stuff. And obviously we still have a year. We're not getting married anytime soon because things are just opening up. So <laughs> there'd be no reason to rush. But uh, what we have found is, I mean, to kind of to your point with, you know, we know a lot of people who have also been, you know, who just got engaged to uh, their longtime partners too. Uh, but there's like a lot of people who were waiting until 2022 to get married, like decided yeah. in 2021 or 2020 even. But with everything going on, we're like, all right, we're going to do this part. We're going to decide. Mm-hmm. And then we'll just wait it out until everything opens again. So I feel yeah. like part of the thing is going to be trying to like get all of our stuff. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you know, trying to get everything booked because I thought like, oh, yeah, we have such a long time. It will be able to save money. But I'm not so sure that's true. I think you actually have to spend more. I think you have to go like you have to go right away. As soon as you want something, you yeah. have to get it. Otherwise, someone else will take it. So like we're, we're, we're in that right now where we're trying to like get everything in order, even though we had not intended to be doing it this quickly, because mm-hmm. we're seeing there's a lot of people trying to get married. <laughs> So yeah, like, what is time? We huh? don't we don't want to uh we don't want to lose out on like all of the things we want. We're gonna lose out on some stuff more than likely. There's no way we're the only, you know, wedding the weekend that we're getting married. So mm-hmm. we just have to be okay with going with our second or third choice, but we have to go fast so we don't only get stuck with our second or third choice, you know? Right. So in terms of the engagement itself, so like it's the day of got the ring. Can you talk to us like what exactly happened on that day? Like, did you go to a park, I believe, or something like that? Yeah, we just I mean, we were, we were going to do that anyway. It's it wasn't a special uh, a special thing, you know, mm-hmm. but uh, I don't know. We, we, we usually go like we usually walk around because it's always nice out. I work obviously here all day. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're still from home, uh, which means I don't even have an excuse to like drive anywhere i have no reason to leave at all other than i guess on my lunch if i wanted to and i i already do like lunch and other you know workout and things like that on my actual lunch break which don't require me being outside for very long Mm -hmm. melissa works in like a basement lab too her lab is down in the basement at rutgers (laughs) so you know she she doesn't we're like so we always try and go outside after work because it's nice um and we don't get to do it anymore because we don't commute yeah. So we were going to go anyway. And I was just like, yeah, now works. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I yeah. wish there was more to the story than that. Um, I had it. I got it that weekend. Like I picked it up and I was like, it's going to be this week because we were heading to Connecticut mm-hmm. uh, the next weekend. Uh, not for me, actually, for uh, for her. For, uh, my cousin got married. So it was yep. a bridal shower. Congratulations um, and I was like, we're going to be we're going to be down in Connecticut anyway. Fiance yeah, it was a good wedding. So- 
Awesome. Um, yeah, you're very, very sharp. It was part I put used one of the pictures for your montage too. Yeah. <laughs> um, so but yes, congratulations yeah. to what? Shane and his fiance? Shane and Megan, yeah. Congratulations, and that's awesome. Even if he didn't follow me for MB reviews. Oh, uh, that was but, that was Cooper. That's oh, excuse guy. me. Different I'll guy. tell you, I'm gonna bring that up when I see him next. <laughs> well, you'll see him <laughs> soon, right? I mean <laughs> first thing, hey man. MV reviews are died out. You can follow me again, but then it's for podcast stuff. So he knows about your podcast. He actually asked me about it uh, a couple. It was like a month or two ago. But yeah, oh, we, I was talking to him. He's like, "Oh, Matt's doing a podcast now." I said, "Yeah." So I mean, yeah, I don't know if he, he listens. He come back to see. <laughs> he does know. He does know about it. So. Sweet. May I ask? So you actually pick up the ring right at the jewelry store in Norwalk. I'm just mm-hmm. curious. When you go, you you sign your purchase that I'm sure wasn't exact. Couldn't pay in Cole's cash exactly, but no, wasn't Cole's um, cash. Sorry, but um, is it funny? I'm just curious. Like, what does the seller? Is he saying, "All right, well, good luck, see ya"? Or is he like, yeah. "Get out I of to here"? I hear to hear a bunch of the like. You sure you know what you're doing, jokes? <laughs> um, which I mean, that. Honestly, I don't, I don't mind it because anyone who has people in their lives who are over the age of like 45 are going to have to deal with that. Yeah, uh, right. Uh, I also, so I picked it up and I brought my dad with me when I picked it up. So he mm-hmm. saw it first. Um, so obviously they were talking. So it was, you know, in stereo, uh, yeah. <laughs> those jokes. But also my dad found a cheap uh, $10. Com- it was fake, completely fake. It was a fake diamond <laughs> ring super small it's ten dollars and he bought that and told me to put it in a different case and show it to my family and pat try and pass it off as the ring that i actually bought ten dollars um because no one had seen it in person they'd all seen like pictures and things mm-hmm. that i'd sent them but they no one had seen it. he was the only one who saw it in person uh because he saw it at the same time i did in person so um well, actually, he saw the diamond, too, but the diamond wasn't in the ring. So he's the only one who had any idea what it actually looked like. Everybody else had just seen pictures. So mm-hmm. he wanted me to pass it off as the one and see what my whole family said. And he predicted correctly what would happen uh, down to the, the member of the family. Everybody was like, oh, look how nice. And they just completely <laughs> lied, nice except, for, except for my brother, who told me that I'd been ripped off. <laughs> uh, when, when he saw it, he goes, Really? He goes, I'm not going to say how much it was. He was like, you paid that? You got ripped off. Yeah. He was the only one who didn't p- pretend it was a nice ring. He Shows was how nice one. our families are support us in times yeah. like that. Everyone else was like, oh, it's so nice. So my brother was like, you could keep the $10 one if you find some. You know? <laughs> You'll definitely chip something off. Yeah. Go to the un- same store that Adam Sandler's character uh, worked in in Uncut Gems. No, I don't think so. Didn't they... <laughs> That was that was like real high end, wasn't it? Or no? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or he tried to rip you off, but we know what happened in that movie. Well, yeah. <laughs> but um, then when you know, you asked Melissa, were you nervous at all? Did you just you just went in, just put pop the knee, and then there you go. We're yeah, there witnesses. Really we're like, oh my god, look at that! Like some person no, in the background. No, I mean, so we're we're in New Jersey, so nobody stopped. Um, <laughs> but uh, which going. makes sense. Uh, yeah, nobody even paid uh, any attention, which was kind of nice. I actually didn't want to do the you know the viral yeah. moment thing. I wanted it to be just us, so that was nice that it was just us. But um, she was talking about like not anything romantic at all. 
mm-hmm. <laughs> like nothing close, like work. And she just wouldn't stop. And I was trying to bring the conversation around. And then just so finally I was like, Melissa, pay attention. Because <laughs> 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 I was like, she's not paying attention at all. She's just, she's just going because, you know, she's when she's got an experiment or something at work like that. I mean, that's why she crushes it all the time because it's yep. her focus. So she was, you know, planning out everything. And I mean, I was listening. Or rather, she was saying it to me, but not necessarily for any real input. Mm-hmm. Uh, just wanted to have someone to like bounce the idea off of. And I was trying to be like, maybe later we'll talk about this. But can we talk about something different? And you know, so I had to let her finish. And then when she finished, I was like, good, my turn. And I mean, she was super happy. Like she was again, it was a Monday. So and it wasn't yeah. a special like it wasn't a party or there was no theme or anything like that. So. I think it was a surprise, like caught her off guard. So mm-hmm. that was kind of nice that because she again, she knew it was coming and she knew it was probably coming soon because she's almost done with her program. So that was kind of like we were waiting for that uh, to be done with her PhD. Mm-hmm. And now that that's happened, you know, or happening, not quite done yet, but now that it's happening, I think she knew it was probably close. So it was nice that I got to still surprise her, even though she was pretty aware that soon it would be happening you know well look at that and i think the most important moment and all all jokes aside is the fact that you have your special moment with you know love your life and who really cares if it's viral or whatever it's oh, not all about you too so Dude, that's worse i mean have you seen the internet yeah and- imagine the comments <laughs> oh my goodness i've seen and some people make it really awkward i want to in fact I was at one of the days I was in New York a couple weekends ago and I saw an engagement and the person had so many people around and they generally looked uncomfortable. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, so you don't need that. So all the matters. I don't think so. Either, so. so and obviously very thrilled and happy for you and Melissa and your whole family, both your families. And mm-hmm. obviously, as you said, obviously going to be a busy time for the next year, but obviously for good reason. And you'll be able to to matter on you'll be able to make this work and um, oh, yeah, really no, excited for 2022. And like I said, in a time where it seems a lot of people are getting engaged, I will, you know, I, I support anyone who feels they're in love, but I'll know, I'll say one thing. You two are made definitely <laughs> going the distance with it. Thank and you. It's a genuine engagement. I really Appreciate think that. that some of these people are doing it for the likes, but Hey, if they want to do it and risk it, I don't know if you, people, people are, <laughs> you know, people like attention, but that's a long way to go. I think most people, <laughs> I would say the overwhelming majority of people are are doing it because they feel the timing is right. I mean, oh, we've all been inside. True, true. Nothing. That's definitely a big factor. Absolutely. <laughs> so people are like, I don't want to, I don't want to go through that again. I want to, you know, almost, it's almost like shoot my shot because we don't know what's going to happen next time. Yeah, you know what I mean? Exactly. Um, there, there was definitely some of that. Obviously, you get timing with her, her graduating. Yeah. Part of it too, just because that's what I was waiting for to begin with. But uh, yeah. I think there's a lot of people like, I don't want to wait any longer because sometimes, you know, you'll think you have all this time to do stuff and then, you know, the world closes for a year. So no doubt. And I'm not saying that, you know, like I'm not, you know, bashing in these couples. No, I know. I was just, I I was just saying. Oh, yeah. I'm just addressing to others like, of course, like, who am I to know? It's about it's up to them and their relationship. All I'm saying is definitely the Ryan and Melissa combo. I appreciate that. Is an inspiring is definitely you definitely see love and inspiring. And uh, I just want to point that out. Even I appreciate if, uh, that, man. Thank you. Anytime. Even the others, you know, again, support whatever. If you invite me, I'll give you a nice gift. All I'm saying <laughs> is that Ryan and Melissa definitely 
earn their special moment that day. So as, as, as everyone else did, of course, and when you get engaged, but all I'm saying is that this is, this is the one, this is, this is, <laughs> this is, uh, this is what it's all about. So congratulations to you two once again, for sure. Thank you. Absolutely. So one of the things, Ryan, next to uh, engagement stories, right? And as mm-hmm. you mentioned with the pandemic that we went through, isn't it crazy though, Ryan, you and I, and, all our generations, you know, it's hard to identify. Some people say we're the youngest millennials. Some say we're the we oldest are. Gen Zs. No, I think I it is. Really. It's literally technically. Do you, have, do you have a middle part, Matt? No, we're not. No, we're no. not Gen Z. Exactly. That's and how it, you know. I, I can't do the middle part either. Like, I mean, right now there's no part. It's just a like Woody from <laughs> Toy Story. But right. uh, if there is a part, it's it's right along here. And I think it's literally defined as us. Like if you're born I think 95 is the final year, I believe. Yeah, no, I think like, yeah. So like my brother, he's, I would say, probably a very old Gen Z, mm-hmm. a prototype of Gen Z. Right. He's not very, he's not very similar to, you know, the the stereotype, but you could see mm-hmm. some of it in there, the beginnings, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah. the early stages, just like we're not anything like the 35-year-olds who are millennials. Yeah, but exactly. you could see, you could see how we're connected. There, there's there are simil- there are similarities there. We're just like the the late stages of them. <laughs> They're the and prototype. One of the things that we were able to live with as the youngest millennials in our age is the fact that you know we really grew up when the rise of the phone and the smartphone became yeah. a thing. We lived with VHSs until DVDs. In yeah. fact, today, as we're recording, is the 25th anniversary of Nintendo 64. We yeah, I saw that. that. I know you were a PlayStation 1 person, but um, yeah. I was no, Nintendo yeah. We didn't have a Nintendo. I love my 64. I really want to find another one and just play that. And But anyways, you know, with that, there was a time we had to call very briefly had to call people before phones. Maybe in elementary school, you called somebody. Oh, Um, like on a house phone? Yeah. Yeah. Like I got my first cell phone in middle school. This is LG. I think it was LG or something. And then obviously it grows from the flip phone to the iPhone to. I took a while on my phone. I had a Blackberry. All right. (laughs) <laughs> yeah I briefly like in had high school too. i had a blackberry i had a one briefly too i switched to the iphone 3g better for like, texting yeah that's what it was phone. you have a perfect keyboard right there we were like we were the texting people like that was you talk about like what defines the younger millennials mm-hmm. we were the ones who really got excited about texting <laughs> you know like us and a little older Oh, that wasn't I mean, that wasn't a thing, obviously, when we were like kids, kids. And even in middle school, when I got my first phone, like texting wasn't big because it was like you had to hit the A button three times or the one button three times, depending Mm -hmm. on what I mean, to get the letter that you wanted. So like most people just played games and called. It was just easier. But, you know, then they had like, I know, the sidekick because I had T-Mobile. Oh, Uh, I wanted one so so bad. I didn't have one because, like I said, Mm -hmm. I kept getting the Blackberries, but my brother. He got the sidekick and again, full keyboard. That was the, that was the entire thing. He got it after a couple of years after I got my full keyboard, but <laughs> it was, uh, that was definitely like what we wanted. We would much, we much preferred getting a phone with a keeboard or the oh, ability yeah. to like really text than like call. We almost didn't even need an actual phone. <laughs> and this was like, all before apps too. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Cause well, I had the little brick game. You shoot oh, the bricks. Of course. Shoot the clicks down. <laughs> Yeah, was there another uh, one that. 
I was pretty good. I was like 39 rounds in a row. Shows what I was. Do you remember the, uh, the iPod had a game too, like a music quiz game using your music. Oh yeah. The iPod, the iPod yeah. nano. Yeah. So yeah. I had one of those. So I played that game a lot too. Yeah. When I got the f- iPhone, they called it the iPod touch. It was pretty much the yeah, first iPhone. Touch. That yeah. changed everything. That and I remember, apps. I remember you'd have to, it's crazy pre-streaming. If you wanted to buy TV, you would have to buy individual episodes for $2. The first one I got was my name is Earl, episode of my name is Earl. <laughs> I bought The Walking Dead, and that was like later, <laughs> but I still bought it because that was what was on like the iTunes store. It was like still too early for streaming. Yeah. Just and a little too early. Like they, they just barely missed it. You know what I mean? But Right. And speaking of Walking Dead, you excited? They finally said they're ending the show. I mean, they have to. I'm not. I, I caught up during the pandemic, and then I let it go again, <laughs> which happens all the time. I, I just wanted to finish. Because once they finish, right? Because right now you can't find the whole thing in one spot. You have to go to at yeah. least, even if you're willing to pay, you have to go to at least two spots. If you're not, right. if you're trying to pay as little as possible, then you might have to go to three. So yeah. you might have to use Amazon, iTunes, and Netflix, and that's probably the cheapest way to do it. If you're willing to just pay more, I feel like you can go to like CBS or not CBS, Paramount, maybe I don't know. Someone else has it, maybe or maybe iTunes has like a different package. I'm not entirely sure, but. There's like no good way to watch the whole show. So I'm like, I just gonna wait for it to finish and then I'll watch it all over again from the beginning. So that's how you're gonna do so you're gonna truly binge it from start to finish. That has to be like twelve seasons. Well yeah, I mean I, I right now I'm home all day. So, yeah, so might as well. I don't right? even know if we're gonna get back, which I think we'll probably end up talking about in mm-hmm. our segment. But Sweet. um so yeah, I don't even know when we're going back or who's going back to where. So I've got no idea. So I, I can manage to keep it on in the background, low volume, so I can still make right. my phone calls. Um, put the put the subtitles on, so if I look up, I'll see what's happening. <laughs> That's like me and Better Call Saul. The first four seasons on Netflix, I had to buy the fifth one on Amazon. Yeah, and when just, that comes back in 2022, I'm focusing on that like a shadow. That's going to be big. It's just a lot. So I'm like, if I can get it once it's done, I'm sure somebody will scoop up the whole thing. Definitely. Hopefully it's Netflix because I don't have to pay any more money. Mm-hmm. But if it's not Netflix, that's fine. I'll figure out who it is. As long as it's not iTunes, actually. Cause, or, I mean, iTunes can have it as well. But A, they always charge. And uh, I can't uh, cast iTunes onto my TV. Really? Because it's a Google. I have Google products and they don't. Oh. iTunes and Google are in like a blood feud over this. Yeah. <laughs> so I can't cast it. Um, if I got a newer TV, I guess I could. But yeah, that's happened. That's I a lot of money to watch The that. Walking Dead. So <laughs> uh, hoping it's Netflix or Amazon because I can cast either of those. So and hoping it's not a disappointment for for that much dedication. You figure I mean, they have to end the show off right. I, who knows what they'll do? I mean. They're also they had the spinoffs for a while. They have the first spinoff they've, that they've finished, I think now. But they made a new spinoff like recently. Mm-hmm. It's it's got its own like comic book, so it's still gee, going on. Yeah, so I mean they have plenty that they can do in terms of things that they know fans will like. I guess I've never read the comic book. I've only watched the show, so I don't put myself in that category. But I also, you know me, I'm not. I don't really argue with the person who wrote the show that much. I mean, if I don't like something, I don't like it. But Unlike some people. 
Yeah, I usually I feel like if you wrote a show a certain way, you you truthfully believed it should have ended that way. Right. Um, and I give people credit for telling the story that they want to tell. Sometimes you don't like the story that they want to tell, but it doesn't mean it was a bad story. It's just exactly. you didn't like it. So it's just us um, with the wrestling. Literally wrestling, the same <laughs> Game of Thrones, that was a big one. I mean, <laughs> so, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. you just got to roll with it and be like, yeah, not how I would have ended it. And that's it. And- even if though they say new season 2022 you will not like tune in every sunday at 10 no. you'll just wait i haven't until done that on forever mm-hmm. yeah, i haven't done that since like college yeah i'm there's really no point that's another thing generation you're really willing to wait it if out you, yeah if you're willing to wait about a year you can watch anything you want all yeah. the way through but i did do it that way like i so halloween i love halloween time amc does mm-hmm. their fear fest thing or their fear yep. factor or whatever um and i watched that that's always on um so i watched all of like all of the relevant ones one year i think like freshman year of college <laughs> and then i watched it junior uh, sophomore junior maybe even senior year i'm not sure like actually on tv um uh, like every week and then I lost it again, and then I watched everything this year, and now I lost it again. And it's probably in two years when it's finally all said and done. I'll watch the whole thing. I'll binge it again. So I've always done like a binge and break version of The Walking Dead. I've never watched like only for like a couple seasons that I actually watch from you know every week. Sounds like quite the journey. That was it. <laughs> wasn't nearly as exciting as I'm as I make it sound. <laughs> and, but I will say, on Better Call Saul, I will tune in every Sunday night for that. I think it, they'll probably split it into two seasons. One first is thirteen episodes. I feel like they'll do first seven and then last six, mm-hmm. like they did with Breaking Bad. I tell though- you, the only thing I watch every week, like that I watch live. Is the mass thing <laughs> the only thing that I refuse? Hey, to it have is the number one rated show. I won't let it, I won't let spoilers. I won't let it happen. I have <laughs> to watch it live. I I actually one time we had to go somewhere. We were actually her brother was uh, graduating from the Marine Corps, uh, oh, basic training deal, <laughs> and it was in South Carolina. And so me, Melissa, her other brother, and his girlfriend. We're all driving from New Jersey to South Carolina. Yeah, that's a trip. And I didn't take the first shift driving because I was watching The Masked Singer (laughs) in the back of the car on Hulu. Oh, we love it. I refused. I was like, I'm watching this show. It wasn't even a good episode. I mean, it was a fine episode, but it wasn't even a cool (laughs) celebrity. It was uh, Dr. Drew, who I don't know anything about. But uh, Celebrity rehab. Yeah, no, I I mean, I know what he does, but I don't follow like what he does. You know what I mean? I, he's, I'm not a mm-hmm. big fan of his, but um, yeah, I was like, I have to know who is the Eagle have to know. I can't <laughs> get it spoiled. Can't get spoiled. Sorry for that spoiler, but that was season two guys. So if you don't know, Dr. Drew is the Eagle <laughs> after, you know, six seasons, then I can't help you. Right. Right. And you know, speaking of that, and we've seen the millennial as millennials seen the streaming influence we've seen sports getting crazy we have seen people go crazy isn't it just amazing you ever think us at 26 all the major events in the united states that we've gone through if we start with when we're bored obviously not old enough to remember the lewinsky scandal then 9 11 go live through that um being in the tri-state area the great recession the obama election the um 
the Trump, the Trump uh, administration, obviously up till now. And then the all the I mean, from national events, from Hurricane Sandy and Irene and Katrina and, you know, the mass shootings becoming as awful they have been up to now to this pandemic. We still have a good four years until we're 30 years old. But ever yeah. think about like, wow, like and we and go living through two wars. And so isn't it something to think about how us and our generation really have gone through such a transcendent time in the United States and the world? Yeah, I would say I have two things for this, actually. So one is and I know that I'm pretty sure from the productive conversations, uh, they're all productive, but they also tend to be people about our age or younger, maybe a couple people a little bit older, right? Yes. For the most part, a couple outliers, right? Exactly. But, you know, you talk to people our age about living in the world that we live in. That's uh, the point of the show. <laughs> but um, exactly. I would say, I bet if you asked, maybe not now, because obviously people who are older now have, I mean, they've had so much that they've lived through because they lived through everything we lived through. They're our parents, mm-hmm. our grandparents, plus all the other stuff. But if you had taken our parents, our grandparents, people their age, and asked them at 26 the same question, I yeah. think they'd have the same answer of mm-hmm. yes. I, I feel like everyone feels like they're making history. <laughs> it's all, it's, and everyone wants to feel super important. Right. Um, not that this isn't important. Everything's important. It's literally why it's history. But I remember in 2016, I was at school, obviously, um, and I was the president of the undergraduate student body. Mm-hmm. And so there was a League of Women Voters Forum that was hosted by our school, and they wanted a student on it. Um, and so I was the student that they asked because I was – I was elected, so they figured it was the easiest way to pick somebody was the person who had just been elected president. Mm-hmm. Um, and somebody asked me about it was about wars specifically. It wasn't about like everything. Um, and they, they asked it a little bit condescendingly. Um, and you hear this a lot, too. I mean, I think we've even made this joke in fairness about like, could you imagine if we had to fight World War like two? Oh, how badly that would have gone. Um, yeah. That was essentially what this person was saying. But my response, and I, I would say the same thing in terms of, I mean, yes, I make the joke, but I, what I truthfully believe is that if we had to fight World War II, we would have. I yeah. think that that's, you know, we all live in these moments in history. And I think that the point is even with imperfections, and there are literally innumerable imperfections throughout our history, on the whole – like at least this country, we all end up getting it done. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we, we had to, you know, work in a pandemic or go to school in a pandemic for kids a little bit younger than us. Like, yeah, that's not ideal. Would the previous generations be able to get it done? We say no, because we know that our, you know, <laughs> we, we know people that, you know, make tons of money and have great jobs and they can't rotate a PDF. So yeah, like, right. <laughs> no, theoretically, that person would fail and would do horribly trying to learn or work in complete isolation for over a year. But if it happened when they were 26 years old, they would have figured it out. We always figure it out. It sometimes doesn't yeah. take it. Sometimes it takes us a long time. Which is frustrating for people, especially people who are like affected by it the most. You know, we we all, but we always, for the most part, figure it out. 
And I think even when we don't figure it out, we hopefully uh, it was, you know, the the arc of justice is long and bends toward truth uh, or the arc of history is long and bends towards justice. Yes. That quote. Uh, I think that that's true. I think that even when it takes too long, we always figure it out. Uh, we always rise to the occasion. So I would say that we do live through history, but everyone before us at 26 years old lived through their own history that we have no part in. And the people after us, when they turn 26 years old, um, they'll have lived through their own history and mm-hmm. each set will have rose to that challenge just like the one before it. I mean, that's the hope. Obviously, if I'm wrong, then we'll all be dead. But <laughs> hopefully well, I'm not. You make excellent points in saying that you know, time really is a constraint and it's what you make of it. And no matter where you put, you know, like there, I'm sure there are people in the Revolutionary War and Civil War who felt that they were going through some stuff that we were. couldn't imagine. They were. So <laughs> could you imagine like, if we had to, I mean, even not outside the war, just having to like live in one of those houses. I don't know how to entertain <laughs> myself. There's barely any literature back then. I'd, I'd read a lot. I'd yeah. be a, what there's six books. Yeah, I'd be obsessed with Shakespeare. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Was even here? How many books did they bring with them when they colonized? Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, man. But that's like you said, I think it is what you make the most of it. And I do think when times at the end of the day, even though some of us don't want to believe it, when shit really does hit the fan, I think as a whole, we really can get through it and get out of it. I mean, look at this pandemic. Who would have thought a year from now, though, we're still at the tail end of it. You know, we're probably in the fourth quarter of it. Yeah. Uh we're, we got through the, the worst well, of it in the hard part. With the pandemic, though, like you, you used the fourth quarter. So I'll say, like, yeah, fourth quarter is a great analogy because we got to be we got to be careful that somebody doesn't hit a buzzer beater. Oh, you know, that COVID variant, doesn't hit a buzzer beater and screw us over. You know what I mean? <laughs> we have to play full court defense for the entire fourth quarter. Yeah. Uh, so I, mean, yeah, I would like, say that that's the only thing I would caution for this particular event is that. Yeah, we're definitely at the back end, but uh, teams have come from behind before. Mm-hmm. So it's Absolutely. never okay to stop playing defense, Absolutely. especially when you it's to continue you know, it. public health. Yeah, I mean, look, Chris Paul's in COVID protocol, and mm-hmm. he's not coming in. The John Ram, who won the U.S. Open, he got he lost a tournament. We got disqualified for a tournament for testing positive. Now there's poetic <laughs> justice because he won the U.S. Open two weeks later, but still, yeah. like, that's the thing. You know what's crazy about that, too? He, I guess, he didn't have the vaccine. He was well, with was somebody. He was with somebody who did. He's like, okay, I got to get the vaccine now. Got the first dose. And then, unfortunately, tested neg- uh, positive. But then again, the poetic justice yeah, he that he was able after, to win. Yeah. But it was the joke. Somebody said, wow, he really plan b the COVID vaccine. <laughs> <laughs> he kind of did. Yeah. But, hey, it's... um. It just shows that in whether it's pandemics or going through intense struggles, there's something to to admire about humans at the end of the day that really that with good minds come together, we can't overcome anything. So let's keep that going. And with that, it's time to bring back the tweet cap. Let's bring it on together for the first the tweet cap. <laughs> if you send me the send me the um if you send me the MP3. Probably won't be for this week, but for when we do it Going the next forward, time, I sure. will. Okay. Just send I can me get the it to you for next time. Yeah. Yeah. So let's bring back the tweet cap. You know, 
There you go. That's what it counts. All right. As we know, we bring stories, the trending stories in Twitter, focusing on entertainment and pop culture for this one. So, oh, no, we also focus on news. Oh, I know I told you what I told you, but you know me, Dan. <laughs> it is what it is. Exactly. They get what they get. They don't get upset. <laughs> Giving me the great sound bite. So, with that, we're going to do three stories each, but I threw in an extra one because of if you got this far, you know how this is a special episode to give tribute to one person that we will definitely discuss. But yep. we'll start with. Uh, We'll start with me and then we'll go back and forth. So my first tweet cap story, Ryan. Fixing mm-hmm. the world news of sports. Carl Nassib. Oh, yeah. The defensive end for the Las Vegas Raiders, Raiders came out and said came out to the world and he becomes the officially the first openly he becomes the first openly gay active player in the National Football League. So big news. This day has come. And I'm proud to see most people support this and are happy to, that this kind of days come. Of course, as in any other world, there are people who may disagree with what happened. But you know what? They suck. And uh, <laughs> we'll just ignore them and uh, we'll ignore their hate, I should say. And but no, ignore them. Yeah, exactly. Ignore. <laughs> you're right. Ignore them. Ignore their hate. Ignore their attitude. They suck. But yeah, Carl Nassib, he was a star in a. Uh, Hard knocks for the Cleveland Browns, giving financial advice to a lot of players, and <laughs> as I had a pretty steady career in four seasons. Yeah, no, I mean, I I heard of him. Yeah, one hundred forty three tackles already. He's already has twenty and a half sacks as an interception. He's a pretty legit player. This isn't just some guy, you know, on the uh, deep under the depth charts. This guy is a starter and has legit talent, big star at Penn state mm-hmm. and uh, made significant history and taking a step in the right direction to include um, what makes everybody great, no matter where they come from or who they are. So Ryan, what do you think about this significant day, not only in football, but also in sports? Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, good on him for, feeling comfortable coming out. I, mean, I think in the video, he even says, hopefully they don't have to make a big deal about, you know, people yeah. coming out anymore someday. Obviously that's not today. Um, I do wonder if the timing was because it was June, but I try not to dwell too much on that because yeah. a, who cares if it was, it may very well have been like, I'm going to do this in June. Cause that's when people are talking about this and fine. It's his truth. It's who he is. He's being true to himself. I don't really care what day he does it. Um, and when I said that the, those people, um, ignoring those people, the people who have hate for it, uh, what I mean mostly is that they don't, uh, it's not their choice. Exactly. Uh, you know, you mentioned that some people disagree with what happened. I mean, what happened is this guy was born, um, right. and this is who he is. So <laughs> you can't be like, I disagree with what happened. I disagree with who you are fundamentally. You know what I mean? So that's why you and just, and that's why we ignore them and they suck. Right. Because it's like, it's not something that's disagreeable. There's nothing to disagree with. It was, it's not an opinion. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's not, a, it's not debatable. It's just what it is, what it is. Um, I will say, unfortunately, this is the NFL, uh, the NFL, you know, actively booed after you know six months of being without sports, uh, mm. booed um, you know unity and not being racist uh, openly on live television. Yeah. So I 
I don't believe he's going to have a very good time. Um, mm. Although I think he probably knows that. Um, I hope he knows that. I hope. I know there's a few players who have come out after retirement that right. are still like active and are still kind of advocating now. I hope that they kind of reach out because I feel like he's probably going to need some people. I know the Raiders, you know, on social media said something, you know, in terms of like support. Hopefully mm-hmm. that's real and not just, oh, thank goodness he did this in June. We can use the freaking Raider heart emojis now. Um, <laughs> right, right. So, you know, hopefully as a corporation and as a team, they are actually, you know, hope, you know, willing to provide support. Because unfortunately, I don't even, I mean, it's Las Vegas, so I don't know. But you can't, as we saw with Kansas City, um, who has, you know, many people of color on it. Uh, mm-hmm. You can't always count on your fans uh, to be your support system. Uh, and in fairness to those fans, and I hate to defend people who do you know horrible things but uh we haven't gotten any better at being out in public since then yeah <laughs> uh specifically in sports i mean the, you know i was looking at things to talk about from like the last few weeks uh, i didn't want to go all the way back to the last time because that's not relevant anymore mm-hmm. but uh, we've just had i mean we've got assaults via water bottle we have had fans try and jump oh, into the uh <laughs> yeah, basketball right. courts we've had fans streak across baseball stadiums <laughs> like there's been fights at baseball stadiums. Excuse me, at baseball stadiums. So like, we're bad at being sports fans. Uh, yeah. I would like to say, controversial take. I know you do a bunch of sports stuff, but this is not one of your sports shows. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this has been brewing a long time, and I think the fact that we had a year off just accelerated the process. Sports has always been kind of uh, boorish, to use a, a fancy word, in hopes mm-hmm. that people who actually are that way don't know what i mean uh, but, uh, <laughs> and this is just an extension of that i think obviously hype you know hopped up because we haven't had sports but hopefully hopefully it'll calm down hopefully i'm wrong and it will calm down but i don't know if i am wrong <laughs> oh you make uh, a great point i mean sports fans are- have always been a lot they've always been loud they've always been brash when it comes to their teams and you know usually we're like oh it's just because of the passion and i usually that's been accurate you can just be like oh they're just passionate but you know now they're potentially throwing you know homophobic slurs at people so now it becomes a problem you know what i mean right you're right and yeah the sports fans as much you know i do love them i do like sports i like sport yeah ryan's a big sports fan and we love our sports big is is not the operative word but i do like sports (laughs) i do watch sports so i'm not trying to be mean to everybody yeah i'm not being mean to everybody in like you know, you shouldn't like you should. I'm just saying people get really worked up over their favorite sports teams and over sports teams they dislike. And it was kind of it was kind of fun for a while. But we've seen, you know, people again, people are attacking players on the opposite team. Right. <laughs> that's it's, that we've that's a different that's a different level. And hopefully it calms down. But I'm I'm nervous. It's not going to. Right. You know, with a with people being locked in and finally let out and showing that rowdiness and passion. The fact that our fans, you know, the bad apples who are willing to go yeah, to jail I mean, to fight people and say, it's happening so stuff. much. Like that's a lot of apples there. No, I've definitely you have right. to cut down all that orchard and just try again next year. If this <laughs> is real apples. It's uh, it's definitely some people are a mess. And you, when you combine, of course, alcohol <laughs> as well, well yeah. it, uh, which is, I will say, 
definitely a major factor. All the beer and drinks I think so too. have. It's just uh, please, please don't ruin it for us. And <laughs> you know where you now have places. Security are so crazy. Everyone has a video. If you're an idiot, you will go viral. Oh yeah, fights. You just, you just have to. It really is on the individual person. Nothing beats to me going to a sports game and being around fellow sports fans. Oh yeah, the I mean, place be, when it's done right, it's a great you know great experience. But when it's not, yeah, it kind of it gets kind of scary. Right, honestly, there's a lot of people to be drunk and angry. You know, if if a crowd that's turns, not the combo. yeah, that's a bad yeah, that's exactly that's a bad combo. You don't feel good when you're not in that crowd, but you see them like sitting behind you. So. <laughs> Absolutely. And those any of those assholes at Raiders games or wherever they're going who do homophobic slurs to Nassib, you deserve all consequences and embarrassment. And please don't adhere to that stereotype of rowdy fans who are awful. And Raider fans are one of the most passionate around the NFL. And I really don't want to see if uh, Nassib misses a tackle that they say the F yeah. word after Suddenly that. it's okay to, you know what I mean? Like they would never have done it before, which makes it even worse. Yeah. Uh, it's bad even if they would have done it before, but they would have never said anything like that before. But now all of a sudden, you know, if he doesn't perform, now you've got to, you know what I mean? So I'm hoping that exactly. doesn't happen, but we'll see, what, we'll see what the first game brings. Absolutely. So big deal. I saw that Fanatics, he's the number one selling jersey right now. That's good. And um, yeah, it's just we're all excited for football. Let's continue to follow. Let's continue to be aware of how what happens when you're a dumb fan and get embarrassed like that. And let's enjoy one of the best things in life of going to a sports game or any sporting event, really. And the same for going back to concerts when they're coming back, wrestling shows, boxing matches, UFC, Broadway. Let's continue to uh actually I think Broadway could use a good brawl or two. Just one or two. Really spice it up. You'll get those tickets up. (laughs) If some if somebody goes ahead and tries to take out Aaron Burr, save him (laughs) from trouble, I'm just saying I think that could really spice up uh Broadway's image. That would be that would definitely go viral. Please by the way, please don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) So Ryan, what's your first story? Sure thing. So a while back uh, there was a high school girl who got kicked off of her cheerleading squad because uh, she didn't make varsity. I believe that's the, the story. Um, and she sent to students, other people on the team, so on and so forth, a uh, Snapchat of her holding up the middle finger saying, you know, like, F this. Uh, not just F this. She actually said the word. But um, <laughs> she got cut from the squad that she was on. Mm-hmm. After that happened, uh, she didn't say it about anybody. She didn't say it at practice or even in school. She was at home Snapchatting friends. And one of the friends showed it to the coach oh. and kicked her off the team. Um, so they, of course, sued the school. Um, and the Supreme Court's been getting a lot of attention, mostly because of who's on it. Um, yeah. But in this particular case, Everyone but one justice was actually in agreement that the school was way out of bounds. And I agree with this, by the way, way out of bounds. Uh, The only one was, by the way, not a Trump appointee. It was uh, some old, much older guy, Clarence Thomas. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, every single other justice was like, yeah, there's no way to justify um, 
suspending somebody for something they did off campus. And I, again, yeah. I think that's good because I mean, I'm not on a campus anymore, but at the same time, like had I been like, it was almost like what we were talking about before. We were just a little early for this to be a problem for us, mm-hmm. but for the people who came like directly after us, social media and what you say, I, I mean, you've probably worked with people on like your resume and stuff, right? Even, yep. and they're always like, don't, don't put your social media on. And it's, it's evolving a little bit. Uh, but don't put your social media on, or if you do, like, again, for me as a communications person, I have all of my social links everywhere. Uh, they're like, make sure you're constantly reviewing content, which is like exhausting. Could you imagine? You, I mean, I, I mean, you can't imagine because like me, you probably do it. Yeah. But like if every time you posted anything, it was like completely G rated because you know that someone could be looking at it. And so just, and we're adults, so that's a little different. But for kids to have to be constantly monitoring all of their online presence, everything they say to friends in like chats in like Snapchat and so on, that's just, that's too much to put on kids. And you might say, well, they shouldn't have access. And that's probably true. But since they do, we're not, you can't make it so they don't because we have age restrictions. You just skip them. I mean, I skipped their age restriction. Yeah, it's pretty easy. Are you 18? Yeah. No. Definitely. Yeah. No. Okay. Well, you were honest. And he's like, okay, yeah. yes, I was really born in 1997 or no. Yeah. Well, it was I'm funny. I was born in 1925. I don't know if you did this, but on Facebook, I, I did. Now I got permission from my parents to be on Facebook, mm-hmm. but um, obviously I didn't get permission because I wasn't old enough. But as soon as like 1995, which is the year I was born, as soon as that was like eligible, I changed my birthday. <laughs> to make it so it was accurate so i was i like turned 20 like i turned 21 or whatever and then i immediately went back to what i needed to back to 18 or whatever you're right, like, you're right um yeah, yeah so like um i just you know i mean cats cats out of the bag as the old expression goes so i i was glad to see this i i've been following this personally for like a little bit because i was curious how it would go i was nervous they would go the other way uh, I don't know why. I mean, there's there's nothing particularly like, oh, this mm-hmm. person or that person. It was just, you know, in general, I was like, could you imagine if schools could start like following people on Twitter and yeah, just start sound. doling out punishments? You, you know, you, it's like that. You find out you're, you get an email that you're suspended because you tweeted something. Um, Thank God that's not an option, man. And there are definitely some schools who wish there was. Yeah, I mean, obviously, violence and things that do like affect the classroom—that's different. Oh yeah. No, if she was like, you know, F insert the name of the person who got on the varsity team, then that's different, right? Mm-hmm. Like maybe I, I, you'd have to look at the context. But if it's just like I'm upset, if being upset is now a you know grounds for removal, yeah, and then they, she even did the right thing by not being upset publicly, like she didn't put up a scene there. She was upset privately to her friends, or obviously to her friends and one person who's clearly not a, a friend. Snitch. Yeah, like, uh, hey, but, uh, coach, look at this. Yeah, so like, I'm just glad that that went that way. Um, again, no reason why I thought it would go the other way, but I don't know. I just think with social media being the way it is, people do use it to vent, and there's a lot of problems with that. But it, this is a kid, and. There was nothing wrong with what she said. Frankly, for social media, it's tame. <laughs> Literally, People right? say some compared wild stuff to, on social media. Compared like, to what others I'm say. sure you could get expelled off of social media, but you know, Snapchatting F this or whatever, that's not 
that shouldn't be one of those things. Yeah, so like I'm glad this Iron worked Sheik out. Type of tweets that'd be bad. <laughs> well, the yeah, the Iron Sheik is definitely uh, he's both a role model and a cautionary tale <laughs> uh, because it's hysterical, but it's also at times very scary. And uh, like we, I tweeted at him uh, during the mass singer, not cause I thought he was on. It was part of a thing that me and my friend were doing. And I got like really nervous that he would respond. Like I sent it. It was funny. I was like, I hope he responds. And I thought about it. I was like, no, I don't want him to respond. <laughs> did <laughs> he, any, did he, he ever? No, he just, cause he'd be like, F your family, Bubba. Like, I don't want that. <laughs> I don't want that. I don't want to catch, catch heat from the iron cheek. So <laughs> luckily he didn't. Yeah, just my last point with this story is, you know, that line back from um, the Aaron Sorkin movie that came out this year about Chicago. Uh, Yeah, Chicago 7. Where Sasha Barrett Cohen as Abby Kaufman says, yeah, I didn't know. Yeah, we said never been on trial trial for my thoughts and still waiting for, you know, thank God we don't have that day where you can be and try for your thoughts. And God knows I said. This is my second story, but go ahead. <laughs> and um, it's just, uh, yeah, I mean, if it's part of your second story, we'll definitely get into it that time. But um, let's just uh, appreciate that we can't get in trouble for our thoughts. But anyways, the other thing, another story I want to bring up, reported in the Washington Post today, the retail workers are quitting at a record rate for more high-paying qualified jobs. There's as much as 650,000 Retail workers who left in May, their jobs in May. Someone who worked for retail for seven years. I understand that. And hearing one of the points who says, yeah, I'm not about living my life in a dead end job. And you shouldn't you know that having said that there are some people who are more than happy to work at retail and strive to wanting to run a store. But, you know, there's also a majority who doesn't. And we don't want to be treated like shit to customers who think they're right. And we don't want to be talk down upon because of a certain store we work at or in a certain area, we have more worth than that. So I 10,000% support the people who want to go on to greener pastures. And, you know, in a time where who knows their retail is growing as e-commerce keeps growing more and more, it's a, it's an interesting factor. And I think this is something to take note because you know, quite frankly, you're not going to take it anymore. And I feel for every single retail worker, whether you work high in retail or low in retail, I think it was very interesting to see um, these reports and seeing if it's a result of both, you know, the way just people want to get treated and maybe reevaluate what minimum wages in this country, as well as seeing the rise of is that will there ever truly be a point, whether this lifetime or our lifetime, do we need a retail store as Again, e-commerce is growing. I know Amazon has its criticisms, but they really do provide so many people with items they need like that. If you have Prime and seeing other competitors trying to do the same, I think Target Target had a Prime Day themselves this week mm-hmm. and Walmart. I think it's just really interesting. This, this type of story can lead a whole rabbit hole of where retail is going in general. And what do you think of this story and uh, that subject of where retail is going as well? Who's also worked in retail himself? Yeah. Not nearly as long as you, but um, mm-hmm. I think this is possibly the dumbest non-story ever. <laughs> Boil down the headline just a little bit. Yeah. Employees take job with better pay. <laughs> that is the entirety of the story. <laughs> No, they, they weren't like all these employees because, you know, I mean, we're seeing so much of this now where, you know, nobody wants to work. Um, mm-hmm. 
And so, like, I, w- I was when you sent it to me, I thought it was going to be a story like, uh, you know, retail retail uh, employees are leaving at record rates because of COVID and they're not getting other jobs. Mm-hmm. They're not working. They're just, you know, taking unemployment, taking time off, going back to school, so on and so forth. Right. That's what I was expecting. And when I read that all these people are working, they're just working for more money. I was like, that's just how employment works. Yeah. Right. They left a bad job and got a better one. <laughs> I mean, I guess they quit before they, maybe they quit before they got the better job. Is that where the story is? I, I don't see, I don't see a story other than, yeah, retail is probably in a lot of trouble. Um, but it was piggybacking off of something I saw earlier this week because American Airlines was trending and they had a similar thing. They uh, don't have enough staff. They're canceling flights now because they don't have enough employees. That's what they're saying. But they got a bailout. Management hasn't changed any of its pay scale, and they cut twenty thousand employees during over the course of COVID. I'm like, you're, you mean you mean to tell me that's somehow the former employees' fault? Like <laughs> silly employees, why didn't you sit and wait for us to hire you back? Like, and again, they get probably get paid a little better than retail, but still not necessarily. You know, unless you're like. A freaking pilot <laughs> yeah. you know there's not like necessarily a lot of room for growth depending on what part of the company you work for so like i just don't understand these stories that have been coming out um but i do understand them because i mean i use a term all the time that people in my immediate family have like criticized me for using telling me it's not real uh underemployment Mm-hmm. And no one sees it as real. If you have a job, you're happy. In, fr- in fairness, schools do it too. When they give you those numbers, like if you graduate, get your, you know, get your bachelor's degree and then go work as a bar- barista or at Starbucks or whatever, yeah, right. like they count that you're employed. And so they're going to be like 95% of our people find p- employment after they leave college. And that's true. But not everyone is working in the field. So when you yeah. go there to become, you know, a scientist or you go there under, you know, pre-law because you want to be a lawyer, they're not promising you that. They're promising you that you'll get hired either being the lawyer or bagging groceries. It'll be one of the two, but you'll get a job. And that's seen as a success. And it's it's not. And I think we're seeing this now. Like, I, I read the article. One guy had that. He was underemployed. He had a master's degree. But this is who was hiring when he needed a job. So he worked at like a Whole Foods or whatever, something like that. I don't mean to defame Whole Foods. I don't remember what it said. But uh, he worked at a grocery store. And like, again, customers were being rude. The mask thing, you know, pe- a couple of people on staff got sick. He's like, why am I here? Yeah. Why would I be this stressed and this exposed to illness all day? I'm smarter than this job. And it's not that people who work in those jobs aren't smart. It's just like he's literally more qualified than that job. Definitely. That job is not even remotely close to the qualifications that this particular person had. And I think people are just done working at jobs that they're not qual- – that they, they, people don't want to be underemployed. I, I just had an argument with somebody talking about all the jobs that are available. Because uh, you see all these stores. They do have help wanted signs. Oh, yeah. And they're like, nobody wants to work. I said, you know, I could take three of the jobs on Main Street. This this person lived in a, a, a small little city, right? Not even mm-hmm. a city, a town. And they had a Main Street. And again, every one of these like clothing stores, coffee shops, so on and so forth, had a help wanted sign. 
I said, I could work at, granted, I have a job and it's fine, but I could work at three of those places starting tomorrow. I could work out the schedule and work, you know, 60 hours a week at all of those places. And I still would not be able to pay off my student. Yeah. Period. I mean, maybe I could if I had absolutely nothing else to buy. If I sold my car, if I lived rent free somewhere, and if somebody mm-hmm. else took all of my groceries um, and paid for my health insurance, um, then, I, then, then, yes, okay. then I could start paying it down. But if I had to support myself, even just myself, I could take three of those jobs and still be nowhere close to the amount of money that I would need. So it's just beyond. I don't understand how these big companies, like I said, American Airlines was confused. All these big retail stores are confused. Like, and in the article is like they're upset because government jobs pay fifteen dollars an hour, which is, by the way, just barely enough. Maybe yeah. not even enough. Yeah. But it's, I'm like, could you imagine being upset that? Well, how is that fair? These people pay fifteen an hour. If you can't pay fifteen an hour, close. <laughs> you don't get to. You don't get to have a business. Close. Exactly, and. That's not that's, true. You have, you know, that's not true. I, I, I amend that statement. You can have a business, but you can't be upset when nobody wants to work for $10 an hour. Exactly. And you can't oh. be upset when someone who does work for $10 an hour leaves as soon as $15 an hour comes on the table. It's literally the system that you benefit from when you own a business, the capital, you know, capitalist system. That's how it works. You're supposed to acquire wealth by making more money. So to stay someplace because you need an employee when they're not paying them equal to the other guy makes no sense. So that's why I was, when you told me that story, I was like, it's crazy that this is trending. It was trending like number two. Yeah. Here. Number two. And I was like, why are people so fascinated by, again, essentially employee gets better job. <laughs> it's the, we're not going to take it, Matt, mo- uh, motto. And hopefully, again, hopefully it changes. Hopefully people start paying more. Like you said, seriously, that- minimum wage needs to be like $30 an hour federally. Like, I, but the problem is, I mean, in fairness, then you do have to pay more when you do stuff. Oh, yeah, of course. People get mad about it. You, so you, you, you can't, you can't have that. it both ways. I agree with that because there are people who say, yeah, $30 an hour, but will be furious when they pay $20 at, you know, Dunkin' Donuts. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I'm like, I'm like, for every dollar it goes up, your price does have to go up, but it's not a dollar for dollar thing. For every dollar you pay more, it probably goes up like, what, 10 cents? There's a study on it. Don't quote me. Look it up. It, it's not proportional. You can pay more without incurring that much more cost, but there is a cost increase. So if you're one of those people who you know constantly wants higher minimum wage, I'm with you, but you're going to have to pay more for Starbucks and you just are. So <laughs> for every action, there's equal opposite reaction. And yeah. there's somebody Which who I'm willing to do, by the way. Yeah. And I think I'm it's definitely fine. willing to have these conversations and hear these people. If we stories. all make more, then we can pay more. It yeah, works. it works. It should work fine. It should even <laughs> out eventually, right? And like that's what I do with how I want my career to go back on track. And you know, I've worked really hard to get my resume where it is, and really hard, and paying for it every day for how much I have to pay for school. It's just like I want to go for what I was um, working for, you know. And I think everyone has a right to try to do that if it's possible. I understand not everyone's able to do that. And I'm very yeah. fortunate I'm in this position where I can apply for what I feel best a I'm suited for to continue my career and TV production specifically, TV film production. But like I do feel for these people that they should understand their worth and make the most of it. And 100%. there's the will, there's a way. And uh, with that, what's your next story, Ryan? So... 
if you rewind, ladies and gentlemen, just a little bit, Matt said, thank God we can't get in trouble for what we think. Mm-hmm. Thank God we can't be put on trial for our thoughts. Well, if you're listening to us from Florida, that is no longer accurate. Oh, no. So State mm-hmm. University faculty, students, uh, and staff in Florida, this is as of today, it was, I not I didn't hear, I think this came out of nowhere, by the way. Like, the governor of Florida today said that um, in an attempt to save America from indoctrination, <laughs> He's going to (laughs) yeah. He's going to survey everyone who's at college to see if there's enough diversity of intellectual thought. And if you don't know what that means, the Republican governor of Florida wants to know how many young Republicans go to college. And if not enough of them go to college, the state schools can lose funding. They will cut funding from state schools <laughs> if not enough Republicans go to school there, uh, according to the survey. Now, I have not seen what the survey looks like. Maybe it will be better than I'm anticipating. But uh, the reason why I wanted to bring this up is because two weeks ago, and it was two weeks ago, so I wasn't going to bring it up till the story came today. Uh, the term Orwellian was trending. Do you know the, the word Orwellian? Derivative of uh, Orwell? 1984, the book. Yeah, like Big Brother and stuff yeah. like that, and so, having control, more of a control. Right. In this world. And so, a lot of folks of a certain political ideology really, really like to use the term Orwellian to describe anything they disagree with. <laughs> um, and I'm not saying that there isn't a little bit on both sides of people just disliking things they disagree with, by the way. But it is factually not the definition of Orwellian because it's not people taking control of what you think. I mean, maybe, maybe they're exerting some authority. Sure. But not taking control of what you think. This is literally a government taking control of the way you think. If you think wrong, your school is required to change or lose their funding. That's lit. That is literally what he's looking for. And again, indoctrination could mean anything like what is the level of indoctrination where what is there's no definition does does he mean you support you know um the blm movement is that indoctrination if they find too many students on campus support that movement oh they've been indoctrinated like what what do they mean by indoctrination that's why i want to know and but there is no definition because the answer is there is no definition he's going to look at a bunch of schools and find the ones that are the most liberal and he's going to cut all their funding and he's going to say he's doing it to save america and he's going to get reelected, and then he's going to run for president that's what's going to happen his name is ron desantis in case you didn't know that when does these surveys get distributed start so this new law or whatever i don't think it's a law i think it's an executive order but this new order rule etc takes effect in july july 1st (laughs) so Obviously, they're not students right now, so I don't think they'll actually do the surveys. I think this was probably he announced it now so they can have the surveys and make start making them over the summer and then probably smack people with surveys in the first quarter. So now on top of trying to learn, you know, at school, you also have to take the stupid state survey. Mm-hmm. And like now I'm like, are colleges going to try and teach students how to like pass the survey? Are they going to like get a group of people together and say, you guys have to be our token conservatives. Even if you're not, we just need you to say the most conservative things you can think of on the survey. So we don't lose funding. Like, like, how is this going to work? 
how can you possibly mandate that students think a certain way? They're students. I'm from freshman year <laughs> Ryan to senior year Ryan. The course of four years are almost completely different people. You go into high school to now, I mean, I would be unrecognizable to old me in terms of the way I think and the way yeah. I process things, the maturity with which I bring. Not necessarily, by the way, that my trip maturity went up, but it is different. Mm -hmm. uh, so just it's insane to me that this is there. And again, so Orwellian was trending again today. Thank goodness. Finally, somebody used the term in the correct way. <laughs> Obviously, Governor DeSantis was trending today, uh, mostly calling him mean names. But uh, my last, maybe not my last episode. I think it might have been my last episode mm -hmm. of Solo. Uh, one of them, when I talked about um, making fun of Marjorie Taylor Greene. Oh, yeah. Maybe it wasn't my last one. It was it was toward the end. Yeah. But, you know, everybody was uh, kink-shaming her because she cheated on her husband with a guy who looked like Zangief from Street Fighter. <laughs> <laughs> Which, have you? I don't know if you saw those pictures. They were oh, I saw those stories. Um, it's, uh, it's funny how when you see someone like that personality and they really – not embrace their stereotype, but they just are their stereotype. <laughs> they just continue. And then the same with the whole state of Florida doing this. And can I also ask, uh, in fairness, I don't believe the whole state. I think it's just the governor <laughs> making the state do it, which is part right. of the problem. Exactly. But, All I'm saying is Florida knows how to make headlines. Is that stereotype? Well, yes. That no. Florida's got you know, a collection of people that. Um, I, that's not true. I mean, I've always enjoyed going to Florida. Yeah, uh, it's, it I is like a great governor. State specifically but that's not an indication on the entire state necessarily but i was saying there was a lot of people making fun of at that you know of marjorie taylor green at that point because of this because of the zangief thing and i mean this is a person who believe you know has been telling people all these lies for such a long time i'm like or or and this is something that's happened i see it a lot on like late night shows a lot mm -hmm. of people like to call donald trump fat yeah. Uh, and maybe part of it is because I'm also a little bit bigger. I've lost some weight. I'm proud of that, but I'm definitely yeah, not skinny. Good, Ryan. Um, there's just so much bad going on right now. You don't. Fat is the low hanging fruit. <laughs> That's nothing. It's like, he's. It's so bad that how can you go with fat? When there's so much to actually be upset about. And again, with Ron DeSantis, you know, to make fun of his hair. I saw some people make fun of his hair today. I'm like, okay, yeah. He's got, you know, his hair looks like it was, you know, molded out of plastic. Like a Woody doll, like I mentioned earlier. Yeah. Fine. He's literally telling students in Florida how to think. But by the way, they're not all Floridians. There are state schools, so they're probably mostly people from Florida. <laughs> but anyone can go to school in Florida. So now people from all over the country go to school in Florida and have to meet a litmus test that their governor just came up with. Indoctrination. Do you feel there's a federal judge who will shoot this down or will he get no to idea. the masses? I would love – again, I would love to talk to someone who knew more personally because mm -hmm. I think – again, just – and it's only because of how often the word Orwellian trends. Yeah. Every time like Nancy Pelosi does something – Every Republican senator right. tweets like, you know, we're living in 1984, you know, the Orwellian Democratic leadership. You know what I mean? Like, because usually they're just doing usually they're just doing their job. Like they're just exercising the actual authority they have. Mm -hmm. Like when they passed uh, when they were passing things off the reconciliation process, that was a, a, a story uh, where they didn't need any Republican votes. Everything was Orwellian. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, Josh Holly lost his book deal and that was cancel culture or Welly and they're <laughs> telling you how to be, right? No, you just lost the book deal, you silly goose. Um, silly goose. <laughs> silly goose indeed. But this is literally a government agency t- saying, by the way, if you think this way, you're wrong and you owe us money. You suck. I mean, that's literally the definition. So I want to talk about that simply because finally the term the term was getting used on Twitter correctly. And the internet is so bad at using terms correctly that I felt Twitter needed an applause from me. I'm not going to clap loud because we're <laughs> audio, but golf clap on screen for Absolutely. finally getting the definition of a basic term correct. When the day comes that we can have somebody do the actual soundboard, that you would definitely put the... Uh, the applause lab there? right there. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, let's uh it's definitely interesting to see where this goes. If we're really at a point where the governor of the state can really try to influence how you think. And I guess we'll see how the story develops throughout the summer. Um, influence is one thing. Mandate. How you think. <laughs> yes. Better require you to better require a percentage of you to think a certain way. <laughs> so my next question or my next story I want to bring up, I should say. Yep. Now, this story I get is probably a boomer thing to bring up, but I just think it's <laughs> it's very interesting because like this is the last of a certain breed. So Elton John announced his he was in the middle of his farewell tour, then COVID hit, and he re- announced his final dates for yeah. the next two years. And he said his very final show ever will be at Dodger Stadium in Los Angeles. Where it all started. November twenty second. Yeah, it's big. First stadium? The first stadium tour, stadium show is that. The fame, there's famous pics of him going around in a full <laughs> Dodger Stadium crowd. Now, Elton John, it, it also makes me like take a second to think, like, wow, some of these artists that we thought were old as kids are like, there's something <laughs> really? to really push about. <laughs> this is guys pushing music for five decades. Like, mm-hmm. when I realized we're in the 2020s, that's really to take a second back. Like, the 70s are 50 years ago. 50. Yeah. And yeah, I just think Elton John, I no matter who you are, whatever age, there's always great music. Certain Elton John songs will put people in the moves, whether special love songs. I wonder if there'll be any Elton John played at your wedding. Um, I hope with mine. And obviously there's some bops that get people dance, even the stereotypical, oh, you know, white people dance to this one. But um, (laughs) anyone could enjoy great Elton John music of all um, thing. It's not like the stereotypical, you know, that famous playlist songs white people listen to and Elton John might be there. there. But I think here's some songs that anybody can enjoy and bounce around with. But yeah, Elton John ending his career. I'm just wondering for someone who's seen so much of the world in life, obviously he had that movie made about him. Tager Egerton played him. I, I I think again, maybe I'm just being a boomer in this sense and just bringing up Elton John. I mean, who, when you have a world where Little Uzi is up on the charts and Lil Nas X, and then Elton mm-hmm. John's announcing his farewell tour, which so many people will watch and list will still be a team to. I'm just curious, what do you think of this? And we're starting to now live in an era where some of these artists are, you know ready to close their careers and it's just cool that their music will always live on what what do you think about this and maybe what if there's a bigger picture in the this story yeah. in an end of an era so i didn't read the trending on this i didn't read the comments uh mm-hmm. that were going around on this one but 
Uh, one, you never say never with musicians, right? Like he could yeah. have an idea for a song and just be like, "I'm gonna release it." <laughs> like um, Kiss, so, right? So many farewell right. tours, Kiss. So you oh, never Kiss. know, like really know with True. a musician, especially one as you know talented and world famous as Elton John. Uh, but also, I, I like that you mentioned Lil Nas X specifically. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know Lil Uzi at all. I know nothing <laughs> about him. I dance to the songs on the songs white people dance to list of course so i don't know little uzi i do <laughs> i do know Lil nas x and yeah. i would bet and again i didn't check and maybe he didn't but i would bet he probably tweeted about this and if he didn't he probably will because i mean if you look at elton john's career and i'm a music nerd i'm a history nerd yeah so you mix that together that's pretty you know it is what it is anyway um there's a not a chance that Lil Nas X is Lil Nas X without Elton John and many yep. other people in between there. I mean, it's not like Elton John and now Lil Nas X there are people in between. <laughs> but, um, like, there is not a chance. I mean, and not to cast any aspersions on hip hop, but there's not a lot of people like Lil Nas X in the hip hop genre. Mm. So he certainly wasn't taking very many cues from that. And someone who knows more about hip hop is probably going to absolutely just skewer me with like a list of however many names, like two or three names of people. And that's fine. Do that because I would love to hear about it. But I stand by the fact that in terms of the showmanship, the pop, like especially what we're seeing now from Lil Nas X, not maybe not Old Town Road Lil Nas X necessarily, (laughs) but like, you know, this evolved version who's, I mean, he's he danced, he dances. He yeah, dance in Old Town Road. He did like his little giddy up thing. He's mm-hmm. like choreographed dancing. Not that Elton John did that, but like he's a showman, and also he's you know out, and yep. those are things that were not popular before Elton. Yeah, John. he he um, did it very early in his career. He came out, which was a big thing. But he was even before even before then. I think he was always like a a, a showman. Like he was yeah. always with the crazy costumes and of course. again, you know, a, a a piano player filled dodger stadium yeah him. right but i will say you talk about songs you know the, the songs that white people dance to one song that i don't even think white people can dance to is crocodile rock yeah have you ever listened to that song like really listen to that song i listened to it on repeat one day i was driving you know it's, it's been a very really, long time really, for that one. it's a really really silly song <laughs> uh you know mm-hmm. the like they do that part yeah. which is silly uh, but the lyrics are uh, it's a dumb song so i know that that's probably on that list i have on spotify that's probably on the playlist uh i'm officially uh asking and i hope somebody will second me that we remove it crocodile rock um i'm glad he wrote it because it gives me a chuckle but it's a dumb song yeah crocodile <laughs> rock is a dumb song <laughs> Crocodile rocking is something shocking when your feet just can't keep still. I never knew me a better time. time I guess I never will. I guess I never will, yep. Oh, Lottie Mama, those Friday nights (laughs) when Susie wore her dresses tight and the crocodile rocking was out of sight. (laughs) Yeah, it's a dumb song. But, um, so I do want, I'm petitioning for that to be removed from the playlist. Uh, but everything else like i said i like elton john and don't know if i believe that he's done i think he's done for a little bit and then we'll see where uh where time takes us what if he was on the season finale of the mass singer or is that too I'd get obvious him instantly 
<laughs> I got Nick Lachey instantly. That's another spoiler. But I'm not going to tell you what season. I'm not going to tell you what character. I'm not going to tell you what place he came in. But I will say, watch it from the first season all the way to the most current season. And one of those people is Nick Lachey. That's your clue. My favorite is um, I really like the like the movie scores, like the like the sound, like the, uh, the Lion, um, King. Lion King. Him doing that's incredible, and um, I really like Saturday Night. Yep. Um, and yeah, I think just it's cool to see full circle for an artist like that who's very yeah, well it's awesome when you can do like the the symmetry like that so that's pretty cool yeah and major influence like with lady gaga was a big deal i'm sure she said him. something to that and uh you know eminem all these artists he has a lasting <laughs> impact for real <laughs> that's that's a fun that yeah i, for, I literally <laughs> forgot about stan <laughs> you so. could have been like you could have been like there's a rapper who worked with elton john and i still wouldn't have got it <laughs> And I know the song, but I would have been like, who did Elton John work with? <laughs> Elton John. I was like, yeah. maybe Snoop. I, I would have never, I would have completely, I completely forgot about that song. Mm-hmm. For sure. <laughs> yeah, that's a weird it, song too. It's better, it's better than dark. Crocodile Rock. <laughs> very dark. One, Stan yeah. greater than Crocodile Rock. Neither of them make a heck of a lot of sense in terms of like why anybody would actively listen to them. But <laughs> it's better. Hot takes is love as always, but um. What's your next story, Ryan? Your last one for today. And then yeah, one so I was between that. two. So instead, I'm going to tell a story. What's up? So imagine, I know you in particular, you've been, um, you've been on a, a string of dates recently, right? <laughs> so imagine this. Oh, yeah. You're going on a date, right? And you've got your little, little rose on because you met over the internet. You've never seen each other before. You get a rose on. <laughs> so you're, I'm the one with the rose, you know. And you walk into the bar. We're allowed to do that now. It's no yep. longer pandemic rules. Um, and you see the person in the black dress. So you know that's her. You sit down next to her and you think of your first line. You order yourself a stiff drink. You tap her on the shoulder and say, excuse me, ma'am. Then whatever the line is, I couldn't think of one. I'm already engaged, so I don't have to do that anymore. <laughs> exactly. And so she turns around. You see the, the black dress turns around, and she has the face of an actual elephant. <laughs> oh. This is the premise of a real TV show. Oh, my God. I've heard this one. It'll tell me more. <laughs> so I'm, I want to get the name right of the new TV show. I saved it specifically because here we go. Which I know I, I was going to say it. Netflix, of course, of course. It's <laughs> Come on. So uh, I believe it's Netflix UK. In fairness, but <laughs> the circle came to America. Um, I think too hot to handle came to America. So this will come to America. Sexy beasts will come to America. Sexy Beasts, if you don't know, like I said, the premise is two people who have never seen each other before go into hair and makeup, get a full prosthetic put on their face so you cannot tell any of their features. And then they have to meet each other on a date. So it's like a weird blind date, but it's not a blind date. So it's like, I mean, so Love is Blind took off because of the pandemic because people were inside. Right. Actually, it was a little before the pandemic, but um, it took off because like, again, you didn't see each other at all on that one. It's like the circle. You're completely isolated. You didn't see anybody. It was just, you know, talking and like 
texting and such. So this, I guess, is they're like, what if we did that, but we put them in the same room? And somebody accurately said, well, how are we going to make it a blind date if they can see? And instead of, you know, blindfolding them, which would have been far cheaper, they decided to give each one of them a full prosthetic makeover. Um, and if you look at the picture from the, like, the preview, the still, I said elephant. That's not correct. I believe this is a dolphin. Uh, I, I might send you the pic so you can see it and use it in the promo. Um, Are you but, able to put it up? Like, is it on a phone is, or is the screen too late? I mean, it's on my phone. I can I'll hold it up so you can see it. But, uh, Let me see if you can. Oh, yeah, that's a pretty good image. Wow, that looks really animated. So for anyone who's listening, Ryan's showing a picture of someone who looks like they're one of the Star Wars characters back there. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't even look like a dolphin. It looks like an alien of some kind. And so that's the premise of this show. They're going to test the chemistry between people who can't see one another. But again, instead of just like turning their backs like the voice or wearing a blindfold <laughs> or not being in the same room, God forbid, if we've had enough practice, they're, they're going to meet in public in a real place. Just dress. I'm sure it won't be public public. I'm sure it'll be a, a studio, but still yeah. they're going to be, they're going to meet at like an actual place dressed in a prosthetic animal face. It's like the mass singer, but for dating and not celebrities. It's, I think it's funny. The name really brings it together. And the name is what confirmed to me they wanted it to be animals, by the way, because sexy beasts is what was trending. And so oh, Love is Blind is also was trending. Someone said, wow, you guys really couldn't just make season two of Love is Blind because it is. Almost <laughs> the show. But um, yeah, sexy beasts. Who That's, says? Because <laughs> they're animals, get it? Yeah. And they're who, dating. Sexy who says, beasts. Who says these studios are losing money when you can green light these shows? Honestly, Netflix ha- must have stupid money. If they're yeah. Like, yeah, we'll we'll let the dolphin and the fl- flamingo date on TV. That's fine. Oh, listen, I support anyone to gives people and crews jobs. But damn, that's just well, I'm going to do you one funny. better, Matt. What's that? Anyone who can hear me. Matt is a skilled production professional. I think the only thing Sexy Beasts is missing for an American <laughs> run is Matt. So Thank you. Netflix, shit. if you're listening, if you're listening, Netflix, Matt is willing to do Sexy Beasts USA. That's right, Eagles. Ted Sarandos. <laughs> There'll be Eagles, probably. An apple pie. One person just looks like Uncle Sam. It'll probably be a woman. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think maybe not this July, right? Obviously that's a quick turnaround to film an entire TV show. Mm -hmm. But if we don't have it filmed and ready to go out by next July 4th and entirely America themed sexy beasts, (laughs) I don't know what we're doing. I don't even know why we're here. We can pack it up. There's plenty of bars that will need the uh, publicity. So Netflix, Netflix, UK, the UK will have one. If we let them, if we see this ground right now, if we give sexy beasts to cross the pond and we don't retaliate the sexy beasts USA, I don't know what we're doing anymore. <laughs> I don't know what this country stands for. Well, neither do I. Who, who would have thought this uh, out of the uh, Biden, starting the Biden administration out of the pandemic and we're starting to think about. <laughs> I don't know how we can blame Joe Biden for this. <laughs> we could think about how we how far we've come with stuff like that. But hey. Never a dull moment, right? And 
That's why we love our TV. Even the craziest ideas in the streaming in the streaming era can uh, be anything greenlit. can be made. So don't give up, people, on your if dreams. Your dolphin prosthetic is good enough. You can have a TV show. <laughs> Absolutely. And the final tweet cap story to talk about for this week is, uh, as I talked about in the cold open of the show and put it throughout tonight, Thursday, June twenty fourth, it's Conan O'Brien's final episode as a late night talk show his final late night show airs tonight on tbs at 10 p.m honestly if you're listening to us pre then i give you permission to pause don't stop pause and go watch it (laughs) and um yeah conan o'brien ryan how about that you know i've talked throughout a lot throughout and posted on my social media this week and had the cold opening about conan let me ask you ryan when conan Mm -hmm. o'brien's name is mentioned what comes to mind Clueless Gamer, mm-hmm. specifically, that was my favorite bit that he did. Yeah, um, ever. He did, but he um, did a, a best of this week. If you want to check that I'll out, have to look YouTube. at that. I didn't see yeah. that. But um, yeah, the Clueless Gamer, I think, is hysterical. Um, only because I have friends who are. I mean, I play a lot of video games, but I've got friends who play like a lot of video games who are very yeah. good at them, and. I obviously play games with them, and I feel like Conan O'Brien when I do that. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what's happening a lot of the time. I'm just I'm not quite at that skill level. I don't have enough time. But um, yeah, I, I think of that obviously. But also, I feel like Conan is just he's kind of understated in a lot of ways. I mean, yeah. I'll be honest. So I go on YouTube. I do not watch any any late night TV shows. I work. I watch TV with Melissa and when we go to bed and I usually am on video games or on my laptop. I don't watch TV late at night. Yep. Um, but the next morning I usually watch the opening monologues. I'm not, I'm also not a big interview guy. Mm. Um, I mean, I like talking, so I like giving interviews, but I don't do, I don't necessarily need to listen to every celebrity I've ever met. Um, if there's like a subject, right. If there's like a specific subject that I see on like YouTube, I'll click on that. That sounds interesting. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I don't, and when I go through my monologues, right, I, I watch Kimmel who, you know, I actually don't necessarily <laughs> like his show. I just like his monologues. Um, Colbert, I, who I do like his show, but I, I watch his monologues too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I sometimes will watch not the monologue because he's not a very good monologue, but Seth Meyers does those closer looks like yep. every week. I'll sometimes do that because that feels very weekend updatey, which I, I watch weekend update every week too. If I even yep. if I don't watch SNL, I go on YouTube and I watch the entirety of Weekend Update. Yep. Um so I would say and then Trevor Noah, I'll watch some of his uh segments, but mostly Kimmel and Colbert, actually. Mm-hmm. Um that's who I usually watch. Oh, and Corden. I actually really like his monologue. But anyway, that's yeah. not the point. Um the point is I never watch Conan when I do that, but whenever there's like a viral clip, like an actual interview or an actual skit, not necessarily, but usually whenever there's something like that, especially like the offsite ones that he does with like Gail Godot. Yeah. uh, Like it's always coded. So like he, he just has the best interviews. I listened to his interview uh, with Ronald Reagan's son, Ronald Reagan. Yeah. (laughs) um, Right after January 6th. And I actually found a lot of a like, solace and be even some laughter in a pretty serious topic um so i think he's got the best interviews it's just not something i listen to a lot of um and again like i said clueless gamer his um 
his Tinder and his Grinder uh, <laughs> skits, his um, everything he does in his office. And I mean, Kimmel has tried to do similar things, and it never pans out. Even though I watch Kimmel every morning, I watch his monologue every morning. Um, whenever I try to watch when he, when he does like his skits with his office and stuff, it's never the same. Conan right. is just there's something about Conan that I think his writing. I think it must be his writing. Um, or maybe it's delivery. I don't know, but something about Conan is just different and it's better. Um, so I know he has a new show, so I'm not all that, you know, worked up about it. Exactly. It's not, he's not going away. He's not done. He's not retiring like Elton John only to come (laughs) back in a few years to Dodger stadium. Um, but he, uh, he is leaving uh, late night and I think he's joining a better format. Like I said, yeah, I like I like the format that John Oliver uses. You know, I based a lot of what I shouldn't say base because base would make it sound like I was able to successfully replicate it and mm-hmm. I wasn't. But if I could have, I would have loved to successfully replicate John Oliver uh, when I came up with the tweet cap um, solo version. So again, not what it came out to be, but that's what I would love to mm-hmm. have been if it had worked. So um, I think that he'll do great there. I feel bad for Andy Richter. Because now he's kind of out of job, but uh, yeah, I don't think I'm not 100 percent sure if he's going to the HBO show. I think I don't think he's he is. Not. Yeah, I think he I, did, he did a whole he's interview with him. I read yeah. a whole interview about it with him, um, in obviously in preparation for tonight. Um, and yeah, no, I mean he's got some stuff. He said, but he's not going with Conan. That mm-hmm. at least not yet. Who knows? Things can things can change, but right, it's not the plan right now. So he's very funny too. Uh, actually, I think all the sidekicks are pretty funny. <laughs> I don't know why, but I laugh at every single one of them, even the ones on the shows I don't necessarily like. Like, Fallon's is funny, mm. and I don't yeah. really watch a lot of Jimmy Fallon. That guy, Steven, uh, Steven, what's his name? Higgins is good. Yeah, yeah he's good. Guillermo. Uh, Guillermo is probably the funniest. Kimmel, but, I agree. Um, and then there's, uh, what's... John Gordon ben. have? Gordon, Gordon has Reggie, what's his name? Oh, no, that's Reg- the band leader, Reggie Watts, but he has another guy. And I don't remember his name. He does wow. accents, kind of. He's pretty funny. I must be missing that. I, I thought it was him. <laughs> I no, don't watch yeah, and then there's while, Reggie. So. Yeah, there's Reggie. But um, who's also pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, and then, yes, yeah, Colbert doesn't have one. He just has uh, John. Yeah, his Oh, actually, no. Or... But you know who he kind of had during, like, COVID? He had on every episode his wife was yeah. laughing in the background. So <laughs> that kind of worked. You know, she like Evie Colbert. Colbert as his uh, as his wingman. And then uh, Paul Schaefer was great for Letterman. Yeah. So so the sidekicks and the band leaders, I feel bad for them in particular because they won't be coming with him to the new format. But also, this makes him, John Stewart, John Oliver, obviously Bill Maher. Mm-hmm. I think you could pretty safely say that uh, Trevor Noah at this point is the same exact format as as those guys now even though he's right. on actual TV he doesn't he still doesn't do the live shows and frankly I don't know if he ever should go back to the old format mm-hmm. with the you know like a, he should go to exactly the way John Oliver does it pick one story like he's been doing yeah and talk about it I think that's but, what he should do the whole time, but we'll see. I do think that's his strength. It, you know, and he, again, the co- and COVID helped him do that. Like he wasn't able to do that. He had to follow the old John Stewart formula, and now I don't think he does. Now I think he can do his way because his way is getting super popular, right? You know, and look what it's leading to. And yeah, you know, we know one thing. You know who would be good for Jeopardy? 
if they're still fine in a host. I think Andy Richter, he's been on Celebrity Jeopardy before. He's very smart. I think that he yeah. could should be considered as a Jeopardy host. But we have to wait for LeVar Burton uh, end of July. Is that what the... July 26th. Do they make the Nenzo announcement when he's going to do his audition shows? Yeah, so I'm trying to I'm trying to plug it on your show because obviously <laughs> he needs me to tell people to watch TV. LeVar Burton. but i think he'll do good i haven't been that impressed with anybody yet except for aaron Rodgers. yeah and we know whatever he's he's i think he could do it yeah seriously because he's done with football uh yeah right (laughs) uh, lavar burton jeopardy july 23rd to 30th okay that's exactly a month from today yeah. Pretty much. So if you don't watch Jeopardy next month, you're watching Jeopardy. Right? <laughs> if you want the host of Reading Rainbow to be the host of Jeopardy, and we all should want that, this is our moment. Need your support. Need your support. But yeah, you know, back to Conan. You know, one thing I think you really say that Conan so has such an influence, but he is oddly understated too. Mm-hmm. But I think Conan perfectly embodies intelligence with comedy. Like he's very smart. I mean, he went to Harvard, Harvard for, yeah. for history. And um, but a lot of comedians go to Harvard. Yeah. A lot of writers. Funny how that works. But yeah, I think, like you said, Conan's not going anywhere. And he still has the podcast that you get. Because Harvard's week. a bunch of clowns. Just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. That was it was too easy. I didn't go to Harvard. So that's the best joke I can write. <laughs> But yeah, I think Cody, he's just so naturally funny. And that's what I hear. Like, he's just so naturally funny. Like, if you run into the streets, he'll just make you do a bit and stuff. And he's just, I think, like I said, one of the things I said before, he's really helped me have be comfortable in my own skin and confidence. And he just is himself with that. And he made, he's someone who makes his assistant Sona so probably the most famous assistant in the world. Uh, I sometimes wonder if that's really, you know, if that's actually the position that, you know, she holds. Yeah, like but I think it is. I think it's true. I think he just literally does that, and they all put up with it. Yeah, might as well be. Like I said, the most famous assistant in the world, and and he's just he was perfect for you know what the internet has come with little bits and going viral, mm-hmm. and he was always doing that in his late night days, and obviously the whole Tonight Show fiasco, and coming back to do another show for eleven straight years is a huge accomplishment, and it was a really oh, yeah. good show. And you still see get some solid numbers. There's plenty of videos I have gotten over five hundred thousand oh, yeah. views, millions. Like he you knows how to him. stay relevant and viral. It's just, it's not like he's revered, revered like a Johnny Carson was. But I do think well, he runs into the issue of not being on one of those main shows. But I mean, yeah. Who's I, I don't I hate to be mean because you never know, but like, do you think people are going to care about Fallon or Colbert the way they care about Leno, Letterman, or Carson? Not really, no. I mean, we're living in the moment, so maybe we don't know. You know what I mean? Like, did people back then think, oh, Johnny Carson's going to be looked at as a legend twenty years from now? Who knows? I don't mm-hmm. know. I think people did think that about Leno and Letterman. I think that they people did truthfully believe that they were so culturally relevant that generations upon not generations, but, you know, like decades after their run, people would know who they were. Yeah. And, and uh, I do think the same. And I don't Carson know. Too. Yeah. And I don't know if anyone has that thought process. I mean, I like I said, I like Colbert. I watch his show, but I don't know if anyone's talking like that right now for any of the real late night people. Yeah, you know? and I so think, it could just be it's not you know what I mean like Conan obviously doesn't have that but nobody does it just might not be like that's not the era we live in anymore you know what I mean 
Exactly. And remember, Kona's still very young. I think he's like, well, yeah, they're all very young. Like, <laughs> and he started late night at 29, like starting yeah. major shows, too. And just learning how to stay relevant and being popular and just always making people laugh yeah. at the end of the day. And also getting the insightful intelligence conversation, as you said, like the Ronald Reagan son in his podcast is a great example that of that. One, yeah. And that's what's great. And that's what's so awesome that the podcast medium can keep his career going like that. And um, yeah, I do think as time goes by, we'll always have the clips. Remember him. But I mean, it's I'm excited to see what he does at HBO Max. Probably I think it's going to debut in the fall. And yeah, I think it's still he'll still be able to figure out how to go viral. I mean, oh, sure. Oliver yeah. stays viral with that bars viral to the boomers, but they're not, you know, think of that. That's my dad. <laughs> uh, yeah, my dad's dedicated to the people Roma. watch like again. My dad is a YouTube addict. Yeah, my dad loves you. Now he doesn't like Bamar, but uh, <laughs> he doesn't watch Bamar. He likes, you know, trucks and stuff mm-hmm. on YouTube, but. He uh like people who are older than us use YouTube all the time. If you can oh, get yeah, of course. numbers on YouTube, you can reach your audience. Everyone's yeah. audience is on YouTube. Exactly. Somewhere. And uh, yeah, I still expect Conan to continue for another 25 years, 20, I mean, 25 years. Yeah. And yeah, it's just it's just a cool full like circle. Said, or he'll retire show. at Dodger Stadium. <laughs> it's just a cool full circle with Conan. Um has made a great impact and, you know, help influence people's sense of humor and always getting something out of it. And, uh, you know, onto greener pastures for that and excited for the next step. And most importantly, he still has his podcast and yes. picture right here for that to remember. And, uh, <laughs> shout to Conan. We'll continue to uh, be entertained by you. So with that, one final thing to do. Ryan, you were doing the second ever version of the Prowse questionnaire with different questions. One from um, what I researched in the original ones and some things I added to it. Okay. And yeah, Ryan, let's do the second ever the Prowse questionnaire, the sequel with different questions. Too proud to questionnaire. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, we'll come up with a clever name very, very (laughs) soon. So with that, and there's going to be 11 instead of 10. Okay. On this one. So again, short but deep, and we'll uh, go with that. Okay. So here we go. Number one, what's your idea of pure happiness? Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> short but deep, my nickname in college. Um, I think <laughs> pure happiness is, uh, I don't know. I'll say this. I find pure happiness on the water. Mm-hmm. I can't necessarily tell you why or where, but preferably the ocean, but it doesn't have to be. But on the water, whatever pure happiness is, if you're looking for it, find the nearest body of water because that's probably where it is. That's where the calm is. That's where the joy is. That's where it is. Great answer. Great answer right there. What is your greatest fear? My greatest fear. The Roman Reigns turns baby face. No. Uh, <laughs> I would say my greatest fear is regret. Mm-hmm. I don't want to regret not doing something or doing something, but usually it doesn't go that way. I don't want to regret not doing something when it's all said and done. When I, when I can't do it any longer... I don't want to have wished that it had been done. Another 
Great answer. So this question, what is your greatest extravagance, a.k.a. what's the most you've ever spent on something? <laughs> I'm on DuckTales, Matt. Sorry. <laughs> Do, you know that? Do you know that clip? I, I know uh, the show. I don't know that clip. <laughs> oh, it's Larry, uh, Larry King asked Danny. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's like, what's a luxury? What's an extravagance? He goes, private jet. And he goes, I'm on DuckTales, Larry. <laughs> I'm on DuckTales, Larry. Um, an extravagance? I mean, I've, I've been trying to save a lot recently, so I actually mm-hmm. can't think of too many super extravagant things. But I will say I hate when we go somewhere, not just me and Melissa, but anyone. When I go anywhere with anybody, I hate it when I feel like I'm not contributing fairly. So I always end up trying to pay more than probably I can should. So I like to pay to be places. I like to pay to do things. Uh, and sometimes you have to not. So right. at least at this stage of my life, uh, someday, hopefully, going places will not be an extravagance. But I pay a lot of money to like either go out to eat or go to, you know, yeah. go to a bar. Go, I, I pay a lot of money to go out. And I, sh- that's probably, again, at this point, that's probably an extravagance that I need to cut back on. Yeah. I'm, as I'm starting to do this second version of the Prowse questionnaire, I'm excited to see where that answer goes, but yeah. going out really does. It's insane. Like for instance, if someone spends a hundred dollars going out on a Friday or Saturday night, you know how much other stuff you could get with that? Yeah. You could buy two tickets somewhere. You could, uh, I don't know. Or, you know, pay for your groceries. Yeah. $100 <laughs> a lot of money. And like for like a week, that's a week's worth of food. Yeah. Like I went out once, like a couple weeks ago. This person got like eight shots. Bam. $80. Just like that. Yeah. It's just gone. something you, that is a little gone, bit in like that. gone in seconds. $80. Whoop. Oh, well. Oh, man. I think that's going to be a theme is people who say that going out is uh, some of their greatest extravagance. For people our age, it is. <laughs> what was something you learned from a past relationship or a fling? It's okay to say no. Uh, obviously, I don't like to say no to anybody. Uh, mm-hmm. I like to try and help or be positive whenever I can. But um, I think if I hadn't had past relationships saying no in future relationships would have been difficult. And it was, again, it was a hard hurdle because you always want to be a people pleaser, but sometimes you can't and whatever happens happens when you can't, but yeah, saying no. Very great answer. Who was your greatest teacher or professor or someone? There's not Rushmore. Yeah. The Mount Rushmore of teachers. I mean, nobody knows who my teachers are. Um, <laughs> and and why, of course. I mean, I'll say that they're all the only people that even jump to mind are college mm-hmm. professors. Not that my high school teachers weren't great, but I don't consider myself to have any mentors at that particular school um, yeah. anymore. Here's a fun one. I mean, I there's people I keep in touch with a lot um but i'm gonna go with a different answer than that this is someone i don't keep in touch with um my first adjunct professor uh is professor noto he was my macro economics professor mm-hmm. 
Um, I had never had an adjunct, at least I didn't know it, professor up until that point. It was sophomore year at some point. So I went in a whole year and then some without having anyone but a tenured uh, or at least full-time Nazareth professor. And so to have somebody from not Nazareth uh, come in and teach was interesting. And it was from that point on that I realized in a lot of ways, not that I don't have mentors that work full-time for Naz, but in a lot of ways, adjuncts who are living their life can bring us perspective to academia that is super important important, and vastly underappreciated in that setting. Great answer. Great take on that one. I love it. What words or phrases do you most overuse? <sighs> the most overuse? Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel, I feel like you could answer this question better than me. Yeah, people say I say everything's awesome or the greatest a lot. Well, no, I meant about me. <laughs> I was like, because if I overuse it, you would be able uh, to hear it. Um, <laughs> I mean, I um a lot, but... So this is not a specific thing, uh, like a specific phrase, but I found that I will, and it's a bad habit, I shouldn't do it, I'll use large words intentionally, and it's <laughs> I like super, that. I mean, and I get, like, I, obviously I do it, but um, sometimes it's not the setting, and I, I caught myself because I was at a bar at a wedding, and I used <laughs> the word machinations, <laughs> Instead of like making plans, let's um, make some, okay. let's, like, let's coercing some machinations. Um, and so, <laughs> and again, I mean, and in fairness, the the people I said it to, obviously, I knew the monk because it was a wedding, um, and they thought it was it was a cool word. They learned something new, but I was like, I was kind of a you know, it was a jerk thing to do. Like, <laughs> I knew that not everybody at the table knew that word. Probably said and it. In there a were British other words too. that I could have used. No, I didn't. Didn't use accent, <laughs> but like. <laughs> You know, it's just sometimes you don't need to sound a certain way. Sometimes you don't have to prove that you're the smartest person in the room. And so, again, it's not a phrase. I'm kind of copying out on this answer, but I will say that I do that. And that was the most recent time. And that's why it had me thinking about it. But I do that a lot. I try to, like, enhance my sentence to, like, for some weird superiority that, frankly, I don't need to do. Um, especially when you're just talking. There's one thing if you're trying to come across as smart, but if you're just talking to people, it doesn't really matter. Right. So that's I think that's a bad that, that's bad. I would say that that would count. It's I overuse big words in inappropriate settings. I guess is the the summary of what I just said. I hear that. I hear that. If you could change one thing about yourself, what would you change? No, I have not given that much thought. Um, exactly why we made this question. Now. I would say that pessimism is definitely my uh, strong suit. I like to be positive, um, and I try to outwardly be positive to people, but I never start with the positive thought. (laughs) Whenever something happens, the first thought I have is, how is this going to be bad? How is this going to upset me? How is this going to ruin my day? And then I have to actively work out. So I wish that that wasn't such a process. Because uh, some people always look at the bright side. First thing they see, they see opportunity. I always see obstacle. Um, and then I have to build myself like, well, how can I take this obstacle and make it an opportunity? So it'd be nice if I didn't have to go through that. 
whole process. If I could, you know, see something happen and just see the positive opportunity in it, um, instead of always starting at the worst possible scenario and having to build my way up to a more reasonable and hopefully positive outlook. Mm-hmm. Amazing support with that one right there. So, which historical figure or movie and TV character do you identify most with? So, either or. Do I identify most with? Oh my god. Uh, Chris says I talk like Jerry Seinfeld. Um, <laughs> I don't. I don't um, hear it. But uh, I don't hear it either. The pop. I think it's always making a movie about the founding of Pop Tarts. Yeah, I think it's because my inflection. I'll yeah. go up and I'll go down. I think that's mostly where it's not from. Uh, it's not Jerry Seinfeld, by the way. Um, <laughs> I would say <sighs> has to be a real person that's on TV, or it could be a character. Yeah, no, like I said, it could be a char- it could be a character, a fictional character, not fictional character. If it's a John Oliver, or if it's a uh, oh, you know gosh, Elmo, no. uh, one one of those historical figure or a fictional or no, or non-fictional TV or movie character. Um, all right. We'll jump into the West Wing for this one. Mm-hmm. I do feel that I am a far less intelligent Josh Lyman. A.K.A. Bradley Whitford played. Yeah, well, I mean, I've never met Bradley Whitford, so he could be exactly like Josh Lyman or nothing like Josh Lyman in terms of his actual personality, which is why I'm using the character instead of Bradley Whitford, mm-hmm. since I don't yeah, yeah. know what he's actually like. But yeah, I, I'm definitely not as smart as that character is presented to be, mm-hmm. but uh, I'm, a, I'm a white dude from Connecticut who wants to make the world a better place, just doesn't necessarily know how to do it yet. Mm-hmm. Hear that. Great answer. You know, quickly on Bradley Whitford, you know, he's pretty well-established actor, great yeah, character. No, yeah, actor, right? I mean, I know his other stuff, too, not just that. That's just what I watch the most of, so. It's just one of the one of the funniest roles. He is the bad guy in Billy Madison. Yeah, Billy Madison. <laughs> it makes me laugh every time. <laughs> when he does the, uh, the foot race, too, I laugh at that, too. Uh-huh. Now, I don't know if you're a Handmaid's Tale fan, but he has a big part. In yeah, the, in the new season, right? Yeah, the brand new season. Mm-hmm. I, I saw that. I didn't like see the Emmy show, did. but I saw the the trailer with him in it. And then he's—I don't know if she's in this, but the original main character was Elizabeth uh, Moss. Yeah, yeah, and she was on The West Wing too. Would you um, now check out The Handmaid's Tale because one of your favorite actors is? I it? mean, I was actually honestly don't know, really know why I didn't watch it. I just kind of didn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh well, I mean, it was on Hulu, right? I didn't always yeah, have Hulu, it's on Hulu, so that was probably it. I have Hulu now, so there's really no reason not to. Right. Yeah, I think I want to start it too. I really like Elizabeth Moss. You remember I made that post about my favorite actors, did the female yeah, male actors, and then so many people gave me hate for Elizabeth Moss. That's my opinion. Zoe Bartlett. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Your opinion is wrong. And now apparently, like she's been having really done great the last few years. Obviously, big in Madman. So stick it to you, St- original Elizabeth Moss fan, Lizzie. <laughs> One of the things I heard. She just brought up the idea. I don't know if actually being developed, but her character in Mad Men doing a spinoff series about her. For, That'd be interesting. With the seventies, yeah, I think it'd be cool. Um, what do you value the most in your friends? <laughs> I 
flexibility. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I left home to go to school. Then I left school to move to a different state. Uh, so I've never stayed, <laughs> never stayed around my group of friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, as soon as I left, I would leave, and I may do it again. Who knows? But um, I like that. I like all the friends I still talk to are the friends that are flexible with me, that are able to communicate, you know, other ways that are cool. If, you know, I show up and, you know, if I go to Rochester for a day, I'm not going to see everybody in a whole day. Just not. Unless everyone happened to go to where I was going to. Mm -hmm. Um, Same with, you know, when I go to like a family birthday party or father's day, right. I wasn't there Father's Day, actually. But if I'd gone Father's Day for one day, I'm obviously not going to see everybody I went to high school with. Um, it's Father's Day. And so the friends that are okay with that and understand that I'm always thinking about them, even if I'm not telling them or even if I'm not. I try to show people anyway, you know, through social. And, th- and so I don't like to say not showing them because that's different. But, you know, if I'm liking your stuff, if I try and reach out every once in a while, uh, and even if I don't, like the friends who know that I am thinking about them anyway. So I, I'll, I'll go with flexibility. Excellent answer. And I know I said 11 questions, but I've taken out one because yeah. I think it's just uh, the point of the past questionnaire is you're supposed to find people's virtues. And that's just one I came up with. I just don't think it was one. But the last question for this mm-hmm. is what's your motto in life? What do you go by and talk to yourself and provide? Um, this would be a good one. Uh, so me and Melissa, we use this, but we both use this one a lot. And actually our pet, my parents heard us use it for the first time recently. Um, we'll make it work. Um, and I like that. Uh, we used to, we also said, well, we used to say, we'll figure it out. We still say that sometimes, but we'll make it work. Um, it's kind of become our thing because figure it out usually means that there's a right answer that you'll come to. And then do. Uh, but sometimes all of the answers suck. <laughs> and that's just, <laughs> right? the, that's just the truth. Sometimes every answer, you know, you look at a hand, you know, and every way you play it sucks. But you make it work. You make the hand you have work, whatever that looks like. And then if you have to readjust, you readjust. So we'll make it work. We will make it work indeed. What a great answer, Ryan. And what a great appearance. We're glad to have you back and we're glad to have you back on a regular basis starting yeah, glad now. glad to be back. So this is really cool, obviously, as well as being our wrestling co- correspondent with our Gen <laughs> Z that we, with, the res, with our Gen Z fellow with, correspondents with as well. With our youth. <laughs> Who keep us young. I can't believe we're at a point where I can say that, but yeah. I didn't well, realize how young they were the first yeah, time you introduced me. Me too. I told you they were at a party. I met AJ, the man at a party for people our age, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm 19." I'm like, <laughs> "You're not getting here, I see." We should, we should, we should, uh, we should mess with. I'm sure he listens, but we should mess with him. Um, we should just talk about as many old wrestlers as we can, but like Started. not the big ones. So I don't mean, I don't mean like you know The Rock. I mean like you know Paul Burchill, right? And the, the Basham brother, the Basham brothers, right? Orlando Jordan, yeah. Uh, people, uh, Ezekiel Jackson. 
We should just uh-huh. keep. We should just try and as many times as we can during the Money in the Bank show mention those people and see what they say. I'd be curious if he just pretends he knows what we're talking about, or if he can actually then be like, "Yeah, I remember," and then say something that, and be like, "Oh, I can't." Yeah, but that's. I, I want to do that so bad. Uh, it's hard for Money in the Bank. That's a new show, so that's you know, a newer show, not new, but newer. So there's not as many of like the really old ones, and again. The really old ones with like Chris Jericho and Kane and yeah, so people everybody knows Mayor Kane and all that. But uh, they need to know yeah. about um, Deuce Maybe and Domino. Slam. Maybe Summer <laughs> <laughs> Deuce and Domino with Cherry <laughs> on the rollerblades. London and Kendrick, they feuded with them for like seven years because I think those were the only two SmackDown tag teams. Uh, oh, I, Jimmy, uh, you know Jimmy Wang Yang. Jimmy Wang Yang. That oh was an incredibly God. offensive character. I'm pretty At Crime sure. Time too. That was really that was also pretty offensive. Um, yeah, but cri- cri- well, Crime Time, unfortunately, because of real life circumstances, yeah, got, got big again. Mm-hmm. But uh. Yeah, try try mention those old timers, especially if we do like a if we do a SummerSlam one, it'll work. Oh, we'll Boogie definitely Man do. Shows a, up. We'll definitely do a yeah. SummerSlam, especially if they're getting they're now going to the make fans, this yeah. pretty much just a WrestleMania hype. Because SummerSlam is real old, so we can we can we can do some real throwbacks. I bet you there's some real stinkers on that show from when we were kids that we just didn't think were bad because we oh, were kids, right? I thought the Boogeyman was supposed to be feared and revered. We but. can't. Yeah, we can't use Boogeyman because you mentioned it. We can't use Paul Burchill because. Now they can research. <laughs> right. Can I research. will say the wrestling shows are popular in terms of downloads. People will do turn into them. I think really that wrestling on YouTube too. Wrestling is really getting a resurgence. Now I'm not saying it's the attitude era um, influence, but I think people, especially use that. Oh my good. I think the fact that with, especially with wrestling embracing how more of it, not saying that they embrace know that it's fake, but like they're embracing. Well, yeah, yeah, we are a show. We're entertainers, and I think that gives more of an appreciation to the fans like that too. Parts fun none did a thing about that. Yeah, I still have to about see that K-Fab, one. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's. One. I think that's really helping wrestling's you know rise at that, and AEW is popular, and like I told you, you know now in mainstream, well, mainstream outlets they're talking they're about up. it. At least they wrestling made any money. Know. Well, AW we'll is going to pose a loss this year. Oh, damn, that sucks. What's <laughs> so, his name was on we'll the see. the owner? Maybe, maybe you don't get Big Show, Mark Henry, Christian, Taz, Jay. Or maybe maybe hire a couple of new people. Yeah, I think that's uh, fair. There's certain nostalgia that may work, but not that. And they're gonna they're gonna hire they're gonna hire these other folks. They have to, if, yeah. unless they don't want to. But I mean, if, if Alistair Black and Braun Strowman, or sorry, Tommy End and whatever. Adam Shear decides his next mm-hmm. character is. If they want to wrestle, there's absolutely no reason for any company to say no. So literally, right? You need them, and yeah, there's no reason. No company. There's no company that's like, yeah, we don't need you. I mean, WWE fired them, and they can't honestly say, yeah, we don't need you. So <laughs> right, and um, the Jaguars owner who owns AEW, yeah. um, what's his well, name? Well, his son. Yeah, his son. Well, yeah, he I was think, on. Yeah, I was just saying he was on part of my take today. So you know, obviously second biggest sports show and oh, yeah. with that and told you part of my take wants to be WWE refs. <laughs> I still remember Jost and Che at WrestleMania. I saw them live. <laughs> that was a hot second. You thought, wow, this, these two dudes are going to act. I move. thought it was funny. I know everyone else around me booed because, yeah. you know, but I thought it was funny. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully we'll see them again soon. But Ryan, glad to have you back. We'll see you in glad a couple weeks. Back. We'll see you in a couple weeks. 
with this. And then we'll have the uh, money in the bank at the end of July and then end of August for that. So glad to have you be part of the show again. And uh, don't forget also, if you want to recap, check out the tweet cap simulcasting now every Sunday on all podcasted platforms. Yep. Yep. And again, thanks again, Ryan. We'll see you very, very soon. And congratulations to you and Melissa once again. Yes, thank you. All right, see you later. Bye. Ryan Page never fails to amaze me. Great job, my friend. Love the stories, love the insight, love reflecting on the crazy news as always, and just love creating great content with you. Thank you. Again, don't forget to like and subscribe to the Productive Conversations podcast on all podcasts and platforms and YouTube. And don't forget to Check out exclusive content regarding this show on the Productive Conversations Podcast website, and that is ProductiveConversationsPodcast.com. And don't forget to check us out on the world of social media. We're on Instagram at Productive Conversations Podcast. We're on Twitter at ProdConvoPod. We're on TikTok at Productive Conversations. Again, can't thank my guests enough, Ryan Page, for the great episode. I want to thank you, the greatest listeners and fans in the world, for making this show possible. And all the amazing support you give me, words cannot describe my appreciation. And I love each and every one of you. We're back here on Monday with the great Gabe Yifun, who's also making his third appearance. That'll be on Monday. And again, don't forget to check out Conan O'Brien's final late night show. That is going to be on TBS at 10 p.m. this evening. My name is Matt Brown. I hope you have a wonderful weekend. Be sure to create memories, do the right thing, and be safe. Make good decisions. And with that, I will see you in a few days. See you back here on Monday. Have a great weekend, everybody. Peace.